All right, pop quiz. Airport, gunman with one hostage. He's using her for cover. He's almost to a plane. You're 100 feet away. What do you think? Shoot the hostage. What? Go for the good wound and he can't get to the plane with her. Clear shot. You're deeply nuts, you know that? All right, gentlemen, what we have here are 13 passengers in an express elevator. Bomb's already taken out cables. Bomber wants $3 million or he blows the emergency brakes. Anything else that'll keep this elevator from falling? We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi, hello. Out Now is a film podcast where normally Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is one of our fun commentary episodes. This is our February 2017 commentary track, where we will be discussing the film Speed, 1994's action classic starring Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, and Dennis Hopper. Uh, so this should be fun. And, and it, of course, it's in honor of the release of John Wick 2, which finds a more modern Keanu Reeves still kicking ass, because that's what he does. <laughs> and uh, joining us to discuss speed we have from Forbes, 30 more years of this, and he'll get a tiny pension and a cheap gold watch. It's Scott Mendelson. I hope I live that long. <laughs> <laughs> and from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he's got enough C4 on this thing to put a hole in the world. It's Brandon Peters. Pop quiz, hot shot. When was the last time Abe was on a commentary? <laughs> That's a fun. Four years ago. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great to have Abe on this commentary track. I'm That's... excited. Yeah. I, I love doing these commentaries when I have time. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you have some time. And yeah. uh, you were on our last one, weren't you? Were you not on our event? Or no, you weren't. No, you weren't. You weren't. No, we had um. That was the, that was the we had Jordan. Jordan. We had Jordan. That's right. Another 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 uh. Another long lost white whale guys. of commentaries around now. <laughs> but no, uh, Scott Brandon, how are you guys doing tonight? Terrific. I'm doing pretty well. Good. All right. Well, I'm excited. Uh, my lovely girlfriend and I we rewatched Speed over the weekend because why not? Speed's awesome. But uh, no, I'm certainly I've seen it many times, but I'm excited to uh do a whole commentary track. So. Let's get this thing going, guys. What do you say? Um, do it. For uh, those of you... It feels like we just did this for Event Horizon, too. It feels like it wasn't that long ago. Um, but for those of you that don't know, uh, we do these commentary tracks every month because the listeners love these commentary tracks, and so that's what we're going to do. We have the movie Speed. Uh, the four of us currently all have it synchronized, paused at five seconds in. So if you're planning to watch the movie as well as listen to us talk about it, good for you. Bonus points. And, uh, yeah, just do that. Set that up for all those of you that are just, you know, listening to it without watching the movie uh good you're good to go you just sit you just sit tight i'm gonna get this thing going so <laughs> eventually i'm going to count down from three and on the sound of go we're all going to press play and we're just going to keep talking about the movie it's on mute so you can't hear the movie obviously and you'll hear us babylon about speed and all that goes with it uh so if you guys are ready let's uh, let's get this thing going guys here we go three two one go okay so we're doing speed this is another. Um, I mean, yeah, we are doing speed. We've done it. We've done a couple That's '90s right. ones. We've done a couple '90s ones lately. And Brandon, we we've talked about how it's very obvious when we see these '90s movies. And this is another very obvious '90s kind of opening credit sequence right here with the title font and everything. The fonts, yeah, it was like we can't make a the titles look convincingly as a part of the the, the screen. Anyways, well, yeah, they, they, they've got. Go... No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, they always got that angle. It's like, well, we can't do too much neat with this, but we'll try. I mean, it's a nice, cool blue. It is a cool this blue. This one's not so bad. I've turned the trivia track on, by the way, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm seeing the Fox trivia on the screen as I'm watching this movie. Um, and this this is, you know, in an era where you had full-blown, <laughs> full-length title sequences. 
with basically all of the themes of the movie, music themes, played right up at the front. So, you know, you get the, the great theme song, you get the, what is basically the love theme, for lack of a better word, and you get a couple other key pieces of music right in the first two minutes. You get an overture. Uh, and... You get an overture essentially. Like that's yes, that's yeah, what you're getting. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, this one's and got I... a memorable score. It does. I, I can. It's a. It's a humble. I can hum the the, the speed score. I, I do often actually it comes up in my mind for some reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that, by the way, wait, we're watching this, like, it's going down an elevator shaft, and it stops so it can show you the title, and then keeps going again. Like, that's, since this is a, you know, a practical title sequence shot, as opposed to, because nowadays, you probably CG this whole thing. <laughs> but like It's it, a courtesy elevator. It was just, oh, we'd, be, we'd be moving the camera everywhere. Mm-hmm. Probably falling straight down on it, around, stopping going in and outdoors. You know, it's a fun, like, title sequence that always comes to mind when I think of, like, full-blown titles and everything. Panic Room. I think Panic yeah, Room is like no, a... that's... Panic Room is... I, I don't know what your guys' opinion on it, but, I mean, from a technical standpoint, that thing's just pretty beautiful. Well, that's like... David like, Fincher describes it something like, a, like you know, like the classiest B-movie or something like that. Like, he has some kind of audio yeah. script where it's like, he knows what he's doing. He knows it's just an exercise in style, essentially, but he made it, like, the best-looking version of that kind of movie. Yeah, and I don't know what the deal is why that one, its home video status has been just... It's in the True Lies like, hole. It, yeah, it's in the True Lies <laughs> hole. I mean... But it has, oh, a, it has a nice it has a nice opening titles where like the 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 the, yeah. the words are like reflected on the buildings and stuff in New York. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super, it's super Hitchcock. I mean, that's yeah. what it reminds me of easily, and I'm sure he's going for that. Anyway, speed. <laughs> I'm still oh, yeah, going down Scott's the elevator. Point. This yeah. is a really yeah. This is a full credit sequence. Yeah, because it's a yeah. whole because they're going down a skyscraper, so we get like this a long time to delve to delve into this. Justified and you know Broken Arrow and Band of Brothers. Yeah, Band of yeah. the Americans. Of... It's actually a little frustrating if you listen to the writer commentary on this. He frankly spends a lot of time almost putting down this movie as if it's automatically inferior to the more prestigious stuff that he did, like Band of Brothers. And I'm, you know, the time is like, this is a great movie. This is the reason you've got to make Band of Brothers, all due respect. Well, I think, well, part, is, I mean, part of it is Joss Whedon rewrote, like, all of the dialogue in this movie. Right. <laughs> like, so this, I don't know how much of his movie is in this movie. Well, and Keanu didn't like his original script, yeah. right? Uh-huh. He, he once the rewrite came, he was like, all right. There was a lot of, like, like the, the the production of this movie, it's not necessarily troubled, but there was a lot of, like, I don't know about that kind of questions going into this, like, from all angles, where, like, producers didn't necessarily want Reeves, Reeves didn't necessarily want the script, they didn't necessarily want Jeff Daniels, they didn't necessarily want Sandra Bullock, like, there's just a lot of, like, questioning there, like, the budget was fairly, fairly modest for this kind of movie. Well, they went, was it, like, uh, Jeff Bridges and Ellen DeGeneres was, like, Ooh. a rumored, like, yeah, pairing that they were looking for. Well, I, I know Jeff. The Jeff Bridges thing was real. I think Ellen, like, I think actually debunked the fact that she was oh, okay. considered for for this movie. Well, By the way, Dennis Hopper just stabbed somebody in the ear with a screwdriver. Yeah, we really yeah. get out to a, a fun, happy start in this movie. <laughs> well, I a, guess he's the bad guy. In a film that mostly avoids gratuitous violence, the director basically said, "Yeah, we had to have him kill at least one guy in the beginning just to get things started." Um, There's eyebrows. There is a version of this film way back in the day where basically Jeff Daniels was the bad guy. That oh, his God. partner turns out to be the secret villain. Yeah, and but it, somewhere it, along the line, that, that, those character, that character got split into two. 
So it just became a disgruntled former Bomb Squad cop. And like, <laughs> like Ed, was it like Ed Harris was going to play that version? Uh, that I don't know. I, yeah, I believe Ed um, Harris was like cast in the, the Harry role initially. He was um, one, one of the men. There's a lot of different like casting I, options. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. Um, one of the things this movie does very well and maybe this is, you know, because of the, you know, Josh Wheaton dialogue, whatever, is it, it it creates very vivid and colorful characters for the victims in all of the scenarios. Both the elevator crash, obviously the bus crash, to the bus scene, because we spend about an hour with those people. But even this elevator scene, I mean, it, it's, the film does a very good and swift job of making these people feel like flesh-and-blood human beings. Well, that's the thing I miss about 90s action movies. 90s, I mean, in addition to just the kind of content they were putting out and the spectacle or what have you that wasn't focused on, you know, the entire world needs to be in jeopardy, just more of, like, hero versus hero or hero versus villain stakes, you have a lot of character act. That's why Jerry Bruckheimer's action movies, regardless of how good they are, they really stand out because you had, like, such a great cast of character actors that fill in all the supporting roles in all those movies. Yeah, we had like like oh, Tony Todd in The Rock. Now we gotta stop. Yeah. We gotta yeah. stop, right? Because yeah. that entrance right there yes. is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like how do we I introduce yeah. how do we introduce Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels to the movie? They fuck. They fly over the hill to get to the action scene. <laughs> like, like how would the car even manage to pull something like that? Doesn't matter. These guys are on the job. Like, okay. they're just driving really fast over a hill. <laughs> and this is one of the first ones of these to be like. It feels like, uh, you know, self-aware without winking a bunch, but it kind of yes. has a little bit of parody that, to introduce us into it. That's the most, like, over-the-top moment in this movie, I think, of just, like, yeah, having, yeah. having them fly over the hill as they get in here. Because the rest of it's oh. fairly ground. I mean, you can poke holes into the story, which I'm sure we'll do, but the most right. for the most part, it's a fairly <laughs> grounded film as far as what it's doing. Miles you Dyson's here. leave your eyes. Yeah, mustache Miles Dyson, Joe Morton himself is here. One thing I found oh. funny was, like, uh, Keanu originally didn't like the movie because he felt it was too much like Die Hard, and the first, like, poster quote was, Die Hard on a bus! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, but this is one of many, many movies of that, you know, 10-year span, which was Die Hard on a what, Die Hard on a this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not going to get into, you know, I love Die Hard, but actually, I like, I like this film better. Um, in the same way that, you know, while... You could argue that John Wick was a distillation of the Taken formula. I think John Wick is a better film than Taken. Oh, it no, is. Um, it's, a, it's a better character-based movie. Based yes. Movie. And, you know, I, I do like what Keanu Reeves is doing here and that it's it's he's a really nice, affable guy who kind of wants to be an action badass. But he's really nice. And I, I think, you know, there's a certain politeness to this film. Um, lots of pleases and thank yous and, you know, quirky courtesy that I think, you know, even though it's a, a violent R-rated action film where, frankly, you know, innocent people die, there's a certain charm. Well, it, does, um, it doesn't lose its humanity. It's 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 similar to something like, well, I mean, this past year we have like Sully and, and um, Deepwater, like they're, they're, they're different movies, but they have the same kind of, these are guys that are on a job type, type, yeah. uh, type action going on. Like it's... There's obviously there's character going on within this, but Keanu Reeves is a guy that's doing his job as a police officer, and he kind of acts that. He acts professional. He say he has his own kind of charisma because he's Keanu Reeves, and this is a movie that has movie stars in it. But they kind of they serve a purpose that makes a level of sense here, despite how outlandish the situation is. Yes, 
there is a certain you know yeah it's a, a work I don't want to say workmanlike quality but yeah it, you're right people you know all the almost all the characters are smart they're good at what they do therefore it makes it all the more exciting to watch these very smart police officers and bomb squad people react as best they can to a very unlikely situation well you, and you mentioning Die Hard I mean that's I think why you think this I mean why you why you can hold the opinion that this movie is superior or at least you know for me to me it's at least equal yeah. i mean it it's because it, it takes that formula and makes it work in the same way that i think die hard made it work die hard yeah. has a, it's similarly grounded in a level of reality bruce willis is not you know arnold schwarzenegger he's bruce willis he plays a human yeah. it has a variety of supporting characters like you just mentioned with this movie that all stand out ellis uh holly the, the various henchmen i mean the takagi like there's a there's a lot of you know People that you you know they they stand out in their own way without you know feeling like broad caricatures. They feel like you know people that exist in this world and what have you. And I think this is a movie. Agent Johnson, Agent Johnson, Agent Johnson, Agent Johnson Al. I mean, they're like this movie. You know, among the you know Under Siege and what you know plenty of others that all kind of went with the Die Hard onto this formula. This one really, it took what makes Die Hard work and makes it work equally in its own. Like it, yeah. it does a great job with it. And I think, frankly, part of that. You know, we talk about, you know, one of the things that makes 90s action films stand out is I think there was a, a perfect balance of we've got enough money to do some really spectacular action stuff, but we don't have enough money that we can just do nonstop action. Mm -hmm. So we need to have plots that engage, high concepts, characters that you want to spend time with when stuff isn't blowing up. And I think once you get to a point where you can basically do extended 30 minute action sequences and that's your movie you lose some of the humanity you know i i it's one of the reasons i like white house down as much as i do yeah that's the film that where you know you really spend a lot of time with the characters um and it feels well, it's very that one's a love that's like a love letter to this era yeah i mean that's honestly what it is and if you can't i mean if you can't see it for that geez yeah um <clears throat> And there's so many little bits and pieces that became, you know, pop culture icons of this film. You know, the shoot the hostage bit, the pop quiz monologue. Mm -hmm. uh, even, you know, this, you know, what, you know, Bob, what button did you push? You know, um, oh, yeah, there's a lot of little I mean, the, the, there's the, the weediness of it really shows. I was yes. watching it again the other day, just hearing all the lines. There's a lot of stuff, given that I've now become more much more familiar with Joss Whedon than, you know, him as an uncredited screenwriter on speed. I'm certainly, you know, more akin to knowing what his kind of dialogue sounds like. And that doesn't take away the credit that Graham Yost does. He did come up with the skeleton, yes. let alone much of the work that went into the making of this movie. Well, but like you can really you can hear. You know, whether or not it was just kind of a throwaway job for Whedon, he certainly injected a lot of life into what these characters are saying to each other and how that reflects on this film as something that's more than just, you know, action, action, action. Um, it's a great L.A. movie, by the way, too. Like, they, I mean, they, yes. they ride all yeah. over the place in this movie. Like, there's a lot of good, like, shots of things, even if it's frantic in pace and trying to move all over. Well, I mean, and, and to do with the action, like, part of the thing, like, differences between the action then and now is you can actually see everything right. happening. Oh, yeah. With, with the, the, quick cutting, <laughs> the quick cutting and the, the jittery camera stuff, well, I'm, I'm not going to, to knock it because there's probably plenty of films I like that incorporate that. Not everybody knows how to use it successfully, and it's just, I don't know, I like being able to see everything and, and wow it watching a stunt being performed I was just about to remark about the same thing it was just this scene where they're running outside it's like it's clear steady camera work nothing shaky about it which 
in today's world, yeah, you probably would get somebody just being like, well, they're running, so let's make it shaky. Or they'll shake it up and post, too. That's true. Is... Yeah. <clears throat> Miles Dyson is really angry. <laughs> he's he's not angry. He's he's more he's in the moment. He's he's he's, he's, he's angry black captain. He, he's not angry, but no angry black captain yell angry black captain yells at the guys for going <laughs> off the rails. Captain. He he yells at the guys for going off on their own. He, <laughs> and here Dyson Joe Morton Mac he's 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 doing his job as far as like we got to get these guys help. We got to help these hostages. Like he's he's very controlled in this throughout this because he I, I'm saying that just because throughout this movie he's nothing but helpful. Like every time yes. every time Keanu Reeves needs something it's harry and mac who are there to try and help him out he's like all right let's see what we can do like it's a very co-op like scott you were saying it is a polite and kind of very cooperative movie there's a conscious effort to make things kind of work even dennis hopper who's a bad guy his goal isn't as he's he's less concerned with like i viciously want to kill people and more just concerned with the logic of his the scheme he could care less yeah. about these people or not but he's still like yeah all right i'll let you get off the bus like do what you need like try yeah do what you need to do yeah. whatever like, this gets me my money fine whatever yeah. i don't have to kill anybody yeah. um and i think that's one of the reasons i do like this film as much as i do and you know not to knock die hard i like die hard but i like that all the authority figures in this film are competent <laughs> and are good and for me this film is more engaging and more suspenseful because even though they're all very good at their job, they still find themselves struggling here and there because of the machinations of Dennis Hopper's character. You don't have the, you know, arbitrarily wrong-headed authority figures that are just there to make the hero frustrated. Yeah, the uh, what's his, what's his know, name? Um, the, the the cops and die the feds and die the dean from uh, Breakfast Club. <laughs> yes. Um, and um. And this this whole sequence, it's like, you know, 20 minutes long or so. I mean, this, this, this would be a climax to any given movie. This is just a curtain raiser. It is. Like, there's there's this scene, the bus, and the subway. And obviously the bus gets the most attention. But there's a good variety of stuff that happens throughout this film. And it's all very tense and it holds up the... I'm glad it's, you know, it's called speed and not like, you know, bus crash or something. Or like <laughs> The bus that wouldn't slow down. Exactly, like Homer would say. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Metro. Uh, at least it's not called Blown Away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got Metro of Eddie Murphy. Future commentary. Yeah, <laughs> yep, we did get that, yes. <laughs> and Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport and, uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Wincott, of course. Scott's favorite. The Michael, most Michael Wincott, Michael Wincott ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is not a pleasant, nice, happy movie. No. Uh, Metro? Yeah. That's a mean, mean movie. Yeah, don't let Eddie, Mur uh, don't let Eddie Murphy and his cornrows fool you. Yeah. Um, now it's, it's, I, I kind of enjoy it as a guilty pleasure, but you know, that's a conversation for another day. Um, this stuff is tense right here. I mean, they're like, like oh, the, yeah. cause there's an elevator that can basically just snap off at any moment or like snap somebody's limbs as it's like going down the shaft and they're trying to desperately get all these people out. Because in screenwriting logic, you don't know, is this going to be their early triumph or the horrible failure that puts the hero on a, you know, <clears throat> has to be rede redeem himself from. Well, yeah, there's um, yeah, there's yeah, this, and then you don't know if I mean, Jeff Daniels is gonna make it through this opening too. Yeah, there's a possibility that he could be that you know big name actor that gets off in the open. Scott, yes. Scott, you gotta find some headphones or something. You gotta keep getting the double voice on you. I'm wearing headphones. Really? Then why is why am I hearing stuff? Like what's happening? Um, let me see. Let me put on different headphones. Okay. Well, they sound they sound all right now. 
Well, now it just keeps going in and out. Anyway. Oh, no. Last woman's too afraid. I got I, Keanu, Keanu's trying very hard to be polite, and then he's like, come on! Go! Give me your hand! <laughs> but it's real. It makes sense. Like, of course. Trust in me. Yeah. It's authentic. Same with the guy before, where he's like, come on, ladies! Like, he's trying to help her, but he's like, also, I don't want to die, so I can't, like, keep standing here and trying to force you to come. That's a neat mix of miniature and CG. It looks good. My shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Anna pointed that line out when we watched it too. <laughs> My shoe. Yeah, she lost a pump. <laughs> yeah, this is a crazy year for Jeff Daniels. He had this and Dumb and Dumber. Mm -hmm. This was a good year for him. A big year, yeah. Early nineties yeah. was great for Jeff Daniels. <laughs> yeah. He had arachnophobia. Yeah. Like what he he broke out in what terms of endearment in the eighties, right? Yeah. And he never really went away. He kind of, I mean, I think, because he, I think he, like, dumb, <coughs> I think Dumb and Dumber gave people a certain perception for a while, but, like, it never really, yeah. it didn't stop him from acting. He just was, he was kind of in, because he's not, he's yeah. not like, a, he's not like an A star. He's just like, he's a good actor who just. No, but he was always the guy that, oh, good, this movie would be a little bit better because he's that. Yeah, like blood work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, a little bit better. You know, he's great in Pleasantville. That might be my favorite Jeff Bridges or yeah. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Daniels performance. I think he's absolutely great in that movie. As the kind of like dim, like kind of not dim-witted, but like naive <clears throat> uh diner manager owner and then he like kind of becomes inspired by everything that happens around him. Like it's it's a strong performance. Oh, two days in the valley. That's what I was trying to think of also. Two days in the valley. <laughs> Well, now that I like that they're working out the problem, like it's not that the cool. situation was solved. There's like they're trying to figure out what's the source of all this. Like, well, and they're 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 smart. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, this was back in the '90s where people still thought the Keanu Reeves was some kind of dumb dim bulb airhead, um, and you know, often you know was typecast as playing dim bulb airheads. But even in this very macho action role, he's smart. You know, he's he's smart enough. Um. And so is, you know, his partner, Harry. Um. You know, I have to I have to say, when I saw this movie, he was, Keanu was, like, almost unrecognizable to me when I'd seen it. Because I had not, I had not seen, I had seen the Bill and Ted's and, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I had not seen Point Break till after, I went back and watched After Speed. But I was like, holy crap. Who's this crew cut guy? And why is he so yeah, awesome? I was like, that's, that's Keanu Reeves? I was like, whoa, he's awesome now. <laughs> but yeah, I had yeah, I'd missed the boat on the point break. Which that didn't really set him up as like an action hero. It was this that yeah, stapled. Because yeah. Point Break was it was a it was a modest hit, but it wasn't it wasn't you know, this movie made three hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> like this movie was a hit. Right. This movie was a hit. Yeah. Like this did stuff. And it's got I mean this was the movie years. everybody saw one summer, you know, it was like Yeah. Or, as opposed to blown away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> With Jeff watch. Bridges. <laughs> yes. Another not, not the Corey's one. Um no, this was the surprise underdog holy crap movie of summer ninety-four. Uh because we all thought, you know, that the plot line was ridiculous. Keanu Reeves was just coming off of uh Well, they just he just hadn't had a big hit. Yeah, he's coming off just random you know, random movies. Besides, Point, um, Point Break was his first action movie, but it wasn't yeah. like the it didn't set like Keanu Reeves the man of action. He's just like, oh, that's that surfer guy who shoots guns now. More of a yeah. Swayze movie than it was Keanu. Yeah, that helps also. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and again, the big mad bomber movie this summer was supposed to be blown away, which had, you know, critical darling Jeff Bridges, you know, recent Oscar winner Tommy Lee Jones. It was very, it was sold as being very, you know, epic and, and pretentious and bombastic and, and, you know, prestigious almost. Who directed it? Uh, we go to the movies. Who directed it? But LA? this one, you know, when it's, you know, it, this one where reviews made the difference. Reviews just came out like, oh my God, you won't believe how good this movie is. We had a you lot know, of Eric hype for right? Audrey Ebert gave it four stars, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it did 14 million opening weekend, I think like 12 the next weekend, and just played all summer. Take that, the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Flintstones. Oh, I hated that. Oh, <laughs> um, Take that, City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> booyah. <laughs> Open the same weekend as Speed. <laughs> yeah. I um, saw that in, like, a drive-in. <laughs> paired, paired with something else. Was it Renaissance oh. Man? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. It was something, and then Cur- like City Slickers Two. This summer, I'm just looking at the top ten for when Speed came out. Speed, The Flintstones, City Slickers Two, Maverick, Renaissance Man, Beverly Hills Cop Three, The Cowboy Way, When a Man Loves a Woman, The Crow, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. That's a powerhouse of movies, right there. I would say. Not necessarily financially, but it's like that's a lot of like. There's a lot of notable titles in there. Well, you know what's funny? You say that, but then like. I was just realizing this the other day. Like, if you look at much of February through April, it looks like it could be any random summer movie. The summer spring for like 1994 was an absolute massacre for movies. You had Ace Ventura that did well, Four Rides and a Funeral that did well, Naked Gun 33 that did well. Everything else absolutely bombed like a mofo from around January to mid <laughs> It wasn't until summer kind of sort of started. With when a man loves a woman, the crow, and eventually Maverick and the Flintstones. But out before that, it was just a disaster that summer. Um, no, that that pre-summer season. We've talked all through this whole first interaction. Maniacal laugh yeah, by, yeah. Uh, <laughs> by Dennis Hopper yes. as he leaves, you know, just walking away. That was a la voyage in the Incredibles. When I when I saw Speed when I was you know young when this was you know around when it came out, that was like one of my favorite stunts of seeing Keanu Reeves just get blown backwards by that bomb. It's like that was awesome. Just like that's it was a really tense scene followed up by a really cool explosion that like just knocked this actor against the back of a wall. And oh. yeah, shoot the hostage. We got all that done. Okay, that's, that's, yeah. that's all. <laughs> this isn't your so. standard commentary track, guys. We don't go into the random regular stuff. We get into the nitty gritty of the box office of Maverick and Four Weddings and a Funeral. movies with still shot in LA. That's uh, both star at the podium. Um, both who? Sorry. Bo Star, former athlete, uh, Sheriff Meeker of Halloween 4 and 5. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> he was also in Fletch. Yeah, the dialogue is so good in this film. It really is. Um, well, it sticks. I mean, obviously. I mean, we... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's... I will say this. It's, it's, and, you know, it's not a plot hole or anything, but watching the film when I was, you know, I was 14, I was like, why did they think that he died in the bomb blast? You know, <laughs> Find a body? Did they find a thumb? <laughs> they, it seemed to me they automatically assumed. But anyway, it's a. It's. I mean, there's a couple of weird details we can get into, but that's one of them. Where I'm like, yeah, they just kind of assume. Like he. 
attacked the cop time. So, you know, they saved, <laughs> the, they saved the hostages and uh, all the cops are okay. He, so. la- he laughed maniacally and they just assumed he couldn't possibly take that bomb <laughs> off in time. Yes. <laughs> but here's a jack for shooting, Harry. Self-sacked. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a fun... I, it's just nice seeing everybody happy together, right? <laughs> Yeah. Although I like, the, yeah. I mean, the next thing he gives that that that's what this this next thing he gives where he says something serious is a very weedy thing again. Where he says like, "You guys did good and you didn't get dead." Like just the the kind of delivery of that line, it feels like something right out of Firefly. Like it just it works. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Police party. <laughs> we can't dance. <laughs> they all got guns. Where's Harry's wife, by the way? Why is she not at this party? She's working a double shift into the hospital, clearly. Harry gets really drunk in this scene. <laughs> He's, like, very bitter about this whole getting shot in the leg thing business. <laughs> the whole... Party. The, the whole uh, Keanu cut his hair thing that, and Brandon, you mentioned like you didn't recognize Reeves necessarily. That was a thing that the studios did not like. <laughs> they were not into that. No, yeah. <laughs> they they did not like their leading man cutting his hair off. It oh. sounds like the studios that were like the uh, Captain Panaka of of making this movie because it sounds like they were against like almost every decision. Yeah, John 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 DeBont was the Liam Neeson of the crowd. Keanu, yes. Keanu was the Natalie Portman in the scenario. And there's Jake Lloyd walking, limping away. Limping <laughs> away. <laughs> oh, speaking of character actors, watch this bus driver come out and be like, hey, it's that guy I've seen in a thousand things whose name I have no idea of what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Hey, no, he was one of the guys in Die Hard with a Vengeance that was working the tunnel. He is. You yeah. know, the water's going to come. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to deliver some exposition about water flooding the tunnels. Not to be not to be confused with the other guy who gives the helpful information about who the who who the twenty uh, first president was and the aqueducts of New York and everything different act. Yes. <laughs> You're telling me that random bus driver exposition guy's name is Bob? I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. Nice little acting detail. He's putting on the gloves while taking his thing. It's like, yeah. Just some busy work that That's law and order. That's law and order status. I, I don't remember seeing that body while he's cooking, picking up the garbage. Just a normal day getting my coffee. Gonna get on the bus. That 90s like sweater piano as well. Oh, I know. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I listen to Pearl Jam. Yeah, <laughs> <I do. laughs> oh, no. I bought 10 Anverse. Oh, no. Oh, he just got his coffee. That's a huge explosion, by the way. That yeah. roof flew. That was. Yeah. I just. I just noticed that was coming down. Yeah, the roof came off. He blew the roof off of that joint. Yeah. Oh, man. it's Ooh, still going. Double explosion. Triple. Triple explosion. That's right. I like Keanu Reeves. Like ah. He does... <laughs> yeah, he's angry. He is. He's angry. It's just this emotion. If he really could, he'd jump in that fire and try to save people, but he just realized, yeah, it's a lost cause. I, I, Bob just got killed. Scott, ever since you mentioned how Keanu Reeves doesn't, he doesn't rarely kind of, kind of break 
as an actor. Like, you know, he's fairly straight faced for a lot of times. And, and like, yeah. and John Wick, he has that big moment where he's like, people been asking me if I'm like, you know, is that big? I, I've, been, I've been kind of observing that in various Reeves films, like when he goes off the handle. This one, he, he has it like yeah. a couple times. And it's like, this is neat to see because he, he really doesn't. He really has a kind of stoicism to him that I can admire. That's why he's not. I mean, Point Break. That's the the problem. He he wasn't quite harnessed yet. No, not at all. He's got a lot of <laughs> there, there, there were a few overacting turns. Point Break and Devil's Advocate, Devil's... which he's excellent in, but that's a far more ha- a hammier turn than we're used to seeing from him. Um, and I think he's very good in both films, or at least he's what he's what the material requires. Um. Yeah, I love how, you know, Devil's Advocate, you have you have Al Pacino doing his thing, so it's like he needs to yes, dial it up to. Then you have, you know, Charlie's Theron basically stealing the movie from both of them. Um, She's crazy. God, crazy. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you want to nitpick, he spent two years doing this elevator job, but he did, you know, arguably <laughs> a more complicated scheme in, like, what, 48 hours? How long has it been since the... It seems like it, the logic suggests that it's been like a week or so since like this, yeah. this happened. At least he came up with a plan B. Like like <laughs> like the like the elevator happened like a week ago. Uh, then they have like the commendation, the metal thing, and then that's a then the next day is when this happens. Yeah. You guys, you guys remember twenty four Habib Marwan? That guy <laughs> had a backup plan for everything. <laughs> well, he was the Joker basically. He's like, oh well, this didn't go right. Well, I got this plan. Oh, no matter how. What happens here? I'll figure out where to go from there. Arnold Vosloo is. is. Um, okay, instead you know, of get, assassinating the Secretary of Defense, defense we, will we will steal a missile. And Hopper is quite good here, considering he basically is sitting in a chair for most of the you know most of his performance is over the phone, uh, which arguably is you know similar to you know John Malkovich in the Line of Fire. It's and this was back rate, rate. in that era where it was still neat to see a prestigious actor chew cheatery as a villain in this kind of film. You know, it was it was the post Die Hard Batman era before this kind of thing got almost cliche. Yeah, this is the kind yeah, of uh, kind of film uh, that makes me miss Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. There's Demolition Man Sandra Bullock. And well. If, if Devilish the, uh, star, then Speed this, made her an icon. This is the franchise character, though. This is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're saying, you're, you're saying about like Batman and Die Hard or whatever, but like you know, Stallone always he, he blames you know his era going away because of what Tim Burton's Batman, right? Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, like. It didn't really. It doesn't really take off till like you know X Men and Spider Man. Like Bruce Willis opened the door to say, "Hey, you don't have to be like completely ripped to be the bankable action hero." And it started the you know normal guy in crazy situation, which like you know opens like Keanu here. Um, Nick Cage takes on like Wesley Snipes. Uh, they even had Christian Slater try this stuff. Um, I can kind of see well, Slater just, pulling this off, actually. Well, I mean, he had, I mean, he had like Broken Arrow he had and Broken uh, Arrow, yeah. Rain, so they were trying to get him as one of those people. Harrison Ford, you know, he'd already been doing Indiana Jones and stuff, but he took more traditional kind of like roles like this with like Air Force One, and Fugitive, and like Fugitive, Patriot Games. 
with well, you know normal looking guy. Well, you're right in that you know I, I don't agree disagree with what Stallone said overall, but you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's peak fame period was after Batman. It was from around yeah. 1990 to 1996, 97. Yeah, because he could yeah. he could um, he could dip his toes in everything. He was doing comedies yeah. and action and and ambitious high oh. concept things like Last Action Hero. Like there's just like he. he <laughs> well, no, I mean it was. I, yeah, I mean, while the movie wasn't a hit necessarily because Jurassic Park it happened, it was a beautiful Hamlet scene. I mean, but there's there was like he could he could ride on that fame to just do whatever he wanted to at that point, as opposed to just yeah. the yes. the 80s, where it's just like he does just this thing and people like him for just that thing. Macho action. You know, you know, twins and kindergarten cop that's 80 late 80s and 90 and, and but like Turbo Man or uh, Jingle All the Way. Well yeah, it's just like you can plug him into all these right. different areas, which is what The Rock has essentially become finally now. Like he can just go into all different directions and people seem to want to yeah. see that. Well, people of all factions have probably seen like with Arnold had that where you, they've probably seen him in something. Like Stallone felt very tied to one thing or if he went away from it, it was like stop or my mom will shoot. Or Oscar Oh like, yes, and oh. nobody wanted to see. Well, the thing and... with Stallone is that he only, you know, with the up with the exception of that, you know, nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety seven period, he only <clears> had <throat> hit with Rambo and Rocky movies. Yeah, he kept flopping yeah. in other things. Yeah. And in the nineties, he didn't do any of them. Yeah. Um, By the way, this to... bus is full of multicultural, hardworking Angelinos. Yeah. As they yes. as they showed you uh, when they were panning through, just regular average working Joes. And Joeettes. Well, and they're very, vi- or at least enough of them, are very vivid character types. Like Gigantor. Death <laughs> Grant, who still looks like, like that. Gigantor. <laughs> it's so, when Keanu Reeves calls him Gigantor, and he's like, Ortiz, like, why'd you call him Gigantor? And then, another, and then one of the other passengers follows it up, he's like, he calls him Gigantor also. It's like, what, that name caught on that quickly? God. You ride the bus with him every day, and you called him Gigantor? <laughs> when Reeves breaks this glass right here, that was, uh, an accident, but they kept it in. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, there was like a tire. Uh, yeah, which, but it's real. I mean, it's like, yeah, right. You broke the glass. I feel like Sam should be madder. The bus driver. He should be madder. He's like, you just broke the window of my bus, dude. What are you doing? Doesn't doesn't he have like a, a gun or a badge to give Gigantor or show Gigantor that he's a guy? Uh, Gigantor is not the bus driver. Gigantor is Ortiz, who's sitting on the bus. Sam, oh. Sam is the bus hey, driver. Have you, have you ever rode a bus in L.A., man? Every time someone's late, they start banging on the door yelling LAPD. They think it's going to stop. <laughs> Here we go. Strange, strange days, Glenn Plummer. That's right. Oh man, he pulls a gun on that guy. That's crazy. This guy had a great Fox contract back in the '90s. Glenn Plummer. Yeah, he, he was all over the place in Fox movies. Tune Man, including Speed Two, Cruise Control. Tune Man. The best, uh, the best connector to the Speed franchise besides Sandra Bullock, of course. Tune Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize John DeBont's only made like five movies. I didn't realize he's like Incl- he's he he. He's the man who created the Scott Mendelson's Tomb Raider trap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's his last movie, right? That's like the last thing he directed. Yeah. It might have. I don't know what he's been up to outside of America, but there was on in China, but I don't know if anything ever came of that. Um. No, there's a lot of you know '90s action vets that you think. Well, I mean, it is what it is, but. Um. Like his his last credit is as director is is Laura Croft Tomb Raider from two thousand three and then like after that's like a, just a random cinematographer role in some something from two thousand twelve. Yeah. But like before that he had all these great credits as far as a, a cinematographer goes. I mean Die Hard's the obvious one. 
but you know he had Black Rain, The Hunt for Red October. He was a uh, he he was a John McTiernan guy for a while. Um, well, this was a case where it was you know a guy that you know darn well earned his directorial debut, um, and then you know, knocked it out of the park. And he followed that oh. up with Twister, which was a hit. The bomb is armed. I think it was the biggest, the second biggest grossing film of the year behind uh, Independence, Independence Day. Independence Day, yeah. Uh, for a while, I think that was Warner Brothers' biggest worldwide hit. Wouldn't be surprising. Bill Paxton makes we things know. happen. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. You're saying about the action, like, um, like Paul Verhoeven and Luke Besson. Like Luke Besson's made stuff, but like, he, I mean, really, like after. I was looking here, like, after, like, Fifth Element, he just kind of... Luke Besson, well, yeah, because he... Similar, somewhat similar to, like, Robert Rodriguez. They, he kind of wanted to function outside of the Hollywood system, where he's just like, I'm going to do yeah. my own thing. And so, he, you know, he has Europa Corp, and he just gives off these, like, ideas for screenplays to his protege directors and just produces a ton of things. And, like, just now he's starting to get back into it with, what, the, like, The Family and um, Lucy, Lucy, obviously, yeah. and uh, Valerian's coming up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and Paul Verhoeven, he... Verhoeven just went back to to Europe in general. Yeah. And just, even then, though, like he made Black Book way back in what two thousand six, and then finally made yeah. uh, another movie, made L, you know, this past year. Yeah, but yeah, his nineties oh. run, much like similar to like John Woo too. John Woo had like a nineties run, and then just like yeah, and then like like Paycheck was his last American movie, I think, and then just went back to went back to to Hong Kong and made more maybe Red Cliff and other things. Kept, yeah, kept doing more Hong Kong. And like movies. like Rennie Harlan was like top dog. Rennie Harlan, who also made another another Rennie Harlan, who made a great speed knockoff of Twelve Rounds, which is yes, also, yes, which is yeah. really entertaining. Speed meets Die Hard Three. Yeah, I like yeah, I like Twelve John Rounds. John Cena like... and uh, what's his name in Littlefinger? <laughs> we were just talking about him Abe, on the other podcast. Yeah. Um, Adrian yeah, Gilliam. Adrian uh, Gilliam. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Mer- Mer- Car- yeah. Mer- 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 He's back. <laughs> Twelve Rounds on the list. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think what happened is in the same way that you started seeing. You know, action movies starring people that weren't action stars. You know, you started seeing these big budget fantasy films, comic book movies, whatever, where it seemed like they were going out of their way to find people that weren't action directors. <clears throat> so people, so people that were theoretically good at this kind of thing, your, you know, your, your Jan de Bons, your Simon West, your whatever, were basically being, for lack of a better word almost blacklisted because they weren't making these kind of present tense, modern day earthbound action movies anymore. And the, the, the franchisee stuff, they were going out of the way to find either altruistic people sort of as a badge of honor. Look who we got and look what they can do. Or they were going for really fresh, fresh faced people that could control. <clears throat> so your Andrew Davis's had no place to go. Yeah, I mean, they they would be used to be, you know, you'd be second unit or the cinematographer, and you eventually be directing one of these to the superhero thing, and they they're like, well, I, I don't care what he knows to do with action, it will just pair him with a good second unit director. Yeah. Um, to some of their, I mean, and I I certainly I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but some, to some of their credits, like the Russos, I think have proven to be quite capable as far as oh, doing yeah. what they've been doing. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, but early on with the Marvel one specifically, you had, you had seen people that had more experience. You had, you know, Kenneth Branagh on Thor. You had Joe Johnston on Captain America, you know, the best one. <laughs> you you, yeah. you have, um, I guess even Louis Leterrier, he's not a, he wasn't an amateur at that point or, you know, a, a novice. He's, he's, he was making transporter movies and what have you. And 
Like you have you have people that had a level experience. Now, yeah, you are getting you're getting what Alan Taylor on Game of Thrones for Thor: The Dark. What you have the Bruce was basically doing everything now, and they just came off what you'd be you mean Dupree in a lot of Arrest Development and community episodes. It's yeah, it's, but their community episodes were you know audition tapes almost. Yeah, the, the uh, paintball episodes is what they. They had, they had one of those. Uh, I mean, I know Justin Lin did one of those paint, like the first paintball yeah. episode. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We, we're, Keanu Reeves is finally on the bus. It took 40 minutes, but he's there. And now he's confronting this uh, random person who did some kind of crime. <laughs> I assume he got over the wall since this place takes place in the future. <laughs> uh, Stephen Baldwin was like the big casting port uh, what the studio wanted for the Keanu Reeves role. And I like how they didn't choose oh. they didn't choose Stephen Baldwin, but they did choose a bus passenger that has a vague familiarity to Stephen Baldwin. I guess to rub it uh. in, <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Yes, <laughs> they'll show him. He's the one white guy on the bus besides Alan Ruck. <laughs> besides besides Cameron? besides Cameron, yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. there's Ortiz, but there's Gigantic. <laughs> I mean, this is sort of a comeback for Alan Ruck, who had basically, relatively speaking, had been a very low profile after Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, he does yeah. this. He, he does. He shows up in Star Trek Generations, and then he does Spin City for several years. Spin City, uh-huh. yeah. And that, oh no, they shot Sam by accident. That was Beth Grant's exact line. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we you talked about Jeff Daniels possibly like they had him scripted as one of the, you know, the bet the bomber at first before they twisted that around. Alan Ruck was also supposed to be like, like the they had a he was supposed to be uh, he was supposed to be like more antagonistic, like this lawyer yeah. par- par- character of apparently who like was. He he was gonna be he was gonna be like the, the the hostage everyone hated and he'd die off at some point like that was the idea <laughs> then they just kind of made him into a rube instead there's Stephen Baldwin and then at the end <laughs> Keanu goes punches him in the face and goes lawsuit the hostage no I think the idea was that oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea that he would die the Beth Grant death where he would like like get bombed off the bus or something like that <laughs> there he is oh. there's, there's Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> Oh, wow. Right? Oh, Doesn't yeah. he, he looks like Stephen Baldwin? Yeah. It's like they chose him. <laughs> Holy crap. You're not kidding. Not that I didn't believe you. But... It, it's just funny. It's like they chose these random extras, and then, like, that guy is like, yep, that's the one in there. They filmed this for LA residents. They filmed this on the 105 when it was just being opened, so it was still being constructed at that point. Because just thinking about this movie, how they, you know, you have to do bus scenes and obviously stuff like this, you don't necessarily need to have an open road. But seeing a lot of this, like the whole him getting on the bus and him driving on in Toon Man's car and everything, that seems very complicated to kind of keep doing something like that in an age where there's not, you can't just CG at all or build a giant freeway like they did for Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> you know, they have to like actually like, you know, rely on cars and continuity and all kinds of things to make sure everything looks right. So, yeah, it was on the an unoccupied 105 freeway when it was first being built back in the 90s. Here goes Mac, ready for action, getting that helicopter. <laughs> yeah. I believe that was the fourth. What you didn't see was that Mac actually threw keys, but Robocop caught him. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just saw a shot of the 4th Street Bridge, which is no longer there. The bus number's 2525. You add that up, that equals 50. Just point that out. Good to know that Den- Dennis, Hopper. Dennis Hopper is both watching the, you know, the bus, and also, what's going on in the game over there, guys? Let's, uh, let's what else is happening? 
He's got all his new money he hasn't had. He's got writing on a game. This whole movie's about him paying his bookie. I like how he wants $3.7 million. But that's a very specific number, which I guess yes. it adheres to a, whatever logic he's assigned for himself. But it's like, you can't round it up to four? It's not greedy. <laughs> I, I, it's, I think it's something to do with the, the his, compensation for the injury or something. Yeah, it's like his pension. It's like his pension. It later. It's like his pension, like workman comp for losing a finger or two fingers or whatever. Yes. Hmm. I left a lot of magnets like passenger relay. Let's do this. And gives it to Cameron. <laughs> I imagine this is funny in theaters as well, but like as a child watching the scene when he says, fuck me. And he's like, Oh, oh darn. darn. Like I was rolling. Oh, yeah. I was like, as a child, I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it got a big laugh in theaters. It's, just, it's a funny line reading. Uh, oh darn. <laughs> like heavy sigh as he figures out how to say this. <laughs> uh not just any kind of wristwatch, a gold wristwatch. Kind of cheesy. <laughs> Is that the watch they watched that like was discontinued, and then after this movie they had to? Uh... No, it's the one that Reeves is wearing. <laughs> it's the it's yeah uh, okay the, the one he's wearing to use as his, his time where they started. Cause people wanted to be like Jack Travern. <laughs> Not a bad action man name. Jack Travern. I think if he had. For better or worse, I think if well, if he had showed up in Speed Two, and if it was halfway decent, I think Jack Travis would be as much of a household name as John McClane. Jack Travis back, and this time he's going on a cruise to death. I don't know where to go. That. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, do you like Speed Two? I do not at all, but I sometimes wonder would I have would it have worked with him back in the role? Because a lot of the reason this movie works is both him and because of their chemistry together and you take that away it's just a generic action picture um and then you have the weird where you have jason patrick as a guy who's kind of sort of like jack but not really they cut his hair like him they (laughs) dressed him like him i mean they could have just had him playing jack travin you know just but instead they make this convoluted oh we broke up but then i dated somebody that's exactly like him um, and, you know, that's but she that she didn't know that she was dating someone like him though. Well, he's yeah. he's hiding the fact which is, that he which is even dumber. <laughs> um, but but no, I I think Speed Two is everybody's terrible. Everybody says it is, you know, except I, for I, Siskel and Ebert, of course. Two thumbs up. And and Wendy Marcus <laughs> and and your wife. <laughs> Who, by the way, prefers Blown Away. <laughs> oh, she she sticks the knife in and keeps twisting. <laughs> oh yes, you have no idea. She's like the only person on earth that likes that movie. Um, it has like one good action sequence. By Martin. the way, I, I've been making jokes about that for the last forty minutes. For those that don't remember, Blown Away was the other Mad Bomber movie of two, 1994. Uh, it was supposed to be the big event one. Uh, it got ended up with terrible reviews and was a big bomb. And now it exists mostly as a, 
you know, a sort of a rub it in your face trivia question for the movie that wasn't speed. No, it's it's <laughs> it's from Predator Two and Nightmare on Elm Street Five, the Dream Child director Stephen Hopkins. So it can't be that bad. Yes. Um. Yeah. So it was. It was. You know, as I said, Speed was not supposed to be the big sleeper of the summer. It was the punchline of the summer. You know, even I was fourteen. I was like, well, that's an insane plot. How is that going to work? Didn't but, people think Die Hard looked silly at the time? Because, I mean, they didn't take Bruce Willis seriously. That, 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 oh, that dopey guy from Moonlighting? Guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that actually opened in limited release, believe it or not. They actually had a weekend of basically platform play before it went wide. Um, Which is shocking. Even in 1988, that was kind of shocking. <clears throat> I'm surprised but, that more... You know, Fox, to their credit, they knew what they had and decided to get word of mouth out first. I'm surprised more people don't confuse Die Hard... And Die Hard 2 is being Shane Black films. Or like scripts, given the Christmas setting and the wisecracking and what have you. People seem to really know that Lethal Weapon is Shane Black and Die Hard isn't. Yeah. I'm just surprised. Um, that seems like a thing that people would kind of not realize. <laughs> but there you are. I can see where you're at with that, yeah. They're all Joel Silver <clears throat> movies, though, aren't they? They're all what? Are they all Joel Silver productions? Is the, uh, the I believe so. Is Die Hard Joel Silver? He was all over everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would... Oh. Sure. <clears throat> one of the reasons this film works is that it has a ton of great audience reaction moments. Like, for example, what's coming up? They're about to hit a baby carriage. That's, oh man, that guy, sure, it's you know, always, yeah, exactly. It's it's also the cheapest part of the movie. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, but, it, I mean, but there's plenty of bits like that. You know, the old darn line that we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the you know the many 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 quippy lines of dialogue. Um, the way the elevator scene ends where they, they almost lose the last hostage. Um, you know, it, the film doesn't forget to have individual mo- memorable moments amid the wider action plot. Well, yeah, because you write it. Well, you write it's, a, stuck, you write... it's stuck on a bus. It has to exactly. base itself on suspense sequences yes. more than action, which Die Hard is more based on gunfire, you know, fist fights, action, and then this is, you know, Bus suspense. I mean, I, I, mean, I would argue Die Hard does very similar things, where it's just you know, it, it, or else it, if it, it's just you know, people in a building, like it has to kind of keep yes. finding set pieces and ways for things to happen. True. Obviously, it's more inclined to I be because the... I mean, it, it is, it's mixing elements of both '80s action and the evolution of that genre, where you can't just right. have a guy that you know kills a bunch of henchmen to get to the big boss. You have a kind of a, st- a scenario involving stakes uh, that exist outside of the hero is challenged by random people. So you have to, you know, right. set up the, the hostages and being close to some of the hostages and what's going on outside of the building like that, which is why it's also very memorable. It has a whole plenty of, in terms of like the nail biter factor, I think speed edges it for sure. It's, well, I mean, it's... some of these, cause it's timed. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. Well, you, you've placed Jack directly with the hostages as opposed to having, you know, John McClane is, he's, he's trying to serve the purpose of being a, being the fly in the ointment, just, as he says, like he's he's not he's right. not sitting there with Ellis and Holly trying to like, how are we going to get out of this, guys? Like he's just more of he's trying to just stop these bad guys, and if he happens to save the you know the hostages, that's all good too. Where Jack's oh, Jack's right here on the bus. It's like he, yeah. he needs to fix his problem. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get what you're saying as far as a kind of a a thrill factor. I get that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this scene's great. <laughs> it's the tip to turn. Yeah, it's, 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 the turn this it's corner. What Robert, it's what Roger Ebert used to call a bruised forearm movie, which basically means that you, you know, you go there on a date, and every time there's a tense moment, your date grabs you on the arm. At the end of the movie, you had a great time, but your arm's black and blue for a week. Hmm. Um, and they don't make it. You know, obviously, movies like this aren't 
a regular occurrence anymore, just for any number of reasons and whatever. Um, well, I mean, it, it's kind of it's it's shifted, obviously. I mean, obviously, you have yeah. we, we can talk about this all day with the kind of the superhero movies and the genre, the the the, the fantastical sci-fi ness that's got that's taken over kind of blockbuster cinema. Yeah. But the kind of the movies like this are relegated to you know, Lionsgate offerings or what have you, smaller studios. Scott Atkins straight to video. Right, straight yeah. to video or, you know, things like John Wick that are modestly, you know, or Luke Passan's produced movies that are right, like yeah. modestly budgeted or the Screen Gem films, you know, the Screen Gem like films for, that target like a black audience, those movies that have, that are yeah, thrillers yeah. essentially and that, you know, they have things I assume happening Every, I saw the one. Was it no good? De- is it the no good? De- the one with Idris Elba. Yes. Um, yes. No good. Which is which is an awful guy. Which is an awful movie. But like, and most of them yeah, are yeah. pretty. <laughs> or like the call. You know that, which is probably the highlight of yeah. that genre. That's that's a classic yeah. Bruce Forer movie. Yeah. Or something's happening There's every hun- five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a terrific yeah. little thriller, by the way. It's it's you know it's better than is. it needs to be. That's for sure. Yeah. If you know how we, we all always talk about like the superhero genre it finds new ground by borrowing from older genres and kinds of films like that you know i could see like deadpool lending himself to something like that like like back harkening back to this era yeah because because he's a lower stake if they continue to keep his films like lower stakes you could put him in this scenario that'd be kind of cool well, this is actually, this is the, something like this, this is the lesson that fox needs to learn with x-men and they've, they've kind of done that with wolverine where regardless of how big the budget is and how we'll see with logan but you know the wolverine which i really like it does have that big third act that kind of goes beyond what the what i would have liked given what happened right. in the first two thirds of, of wolverine like it if they if they have so many characters and you know this is the studio that gave us die hard and speed if they could figure out how to like take some of these characters and put them into these kinds of movies, you got a whole like you're not competing with Marvel and DC at that point. You're competing with you know people that want to see these kind of action movies again, but like happen to have the thing they they currently like at the movie theater. Correct. Well, that's yeah. what that's what I think Marvel has done so well with the Captain America films is that they are not only are they basically Tom Clancy movies on steroids, they're really good Tom Clancy movies on steroids. So you're getting you know, those that want the comic book elements and you're getting grown-ups that love, you know, that like Patriot games and clear and present danger and, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. And I, well, but while that, that still adheres to like a specific continuity, I think you can have, like Brandon, you just said with Deadpool, that's a movie that it is not, I mean, it has a tangential connection, obviously, but it it plays its own thing. And you could really like with having X-Men, which is a giant number of characters that they're not using. You can do so many things with all these people and not, you, you don't even have to like really be behind besides having like a Marvel logo pop up at the beginning. You don't really have yeah. to do much to establish that. By the way, it's in this universe. You can just throw these things out there. If you market it right and make you it. You can do it with Gambit. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have a superpower. That, I mean, his superpower isn't going to like, it's limited to where he could be stuck in a vulnerable scenario. Like, this. which is what they seem to want to yeah. do given how, how you know they're not trying to play up the idea of gambit being involved with everybody else they're just kind of seeming to like make the channing tatum gambit movie mm-hmm. whenever that happens <laughs> but, um... yeah they i mean they really need to say sayonara to their team movies unless they're they slowly build towards like an x-force movie well i mean that's then... that's what's weird like apocalypse 
did it do that great? I mean, it's a, it was, it's successful, right, Scott? It's fair to say it was a successful movie, but I mean, it tripled its budget thanks to. I mean, China kind of saved it. But it's, I mean, Fox can't be looking at that thinking like, look at the, you know, the what I assume was like a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes for Days of Future Past versus the, the, yeah. the horrible reviews that Apocalypse got and be like, well, I guess we'll just keep doing the same thing again. Like they got to be seeing some kind of message here. Especially well, with, yeah, like, that's that's the tragedy. Yeah, that's the bizarre situation is that the movie made five hundred and forty-five million dollars, but they have no, you know, what? Where the hell do you go from here? Well, I mean, audiences more or less rejected where they were going, and yet, or well, the, I the mean, manner in which it was delivered. And yet, so that movie showed that they had, they they're out of gas. They'd done everything that had been done in that movie. Already. Well, yeah, because the next idea that now, like, like that's what what's her, Sophie Turner, who's playing Jean Grey, she's like, yeah, we're doing Phoenix again next. We're doing Supernova. Like, all right, like, yeah, like you're doing. Another, you know, like a remake of a X Men movie you already did once and failed at. <laughs> Jean Grey, the X Men version of the the Wayne family. We just love seeing her die. Thank you. <laughs> she, she's got interesting stories beyond that. Like we don't. By the way, how interesting was it to not see the Wayne family die in the Lego Batman movie? I was sure that that would be. <laughs> I, I, I could have guaranteed that that would have been spoofed in some way, and yet they they had restraint in of all movies the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, to their credit, you know, it's 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 they knew there would be some very young viewers, although that didn't stop that Batman stage adventure we saw a few years back. Uh-huh. He just he just <laughs> called Ortiz Gigantor, by the way. We just talked over that part. <laughs> oh. Um, no, that was, you know, it was you know, Batman Live, I think it was. And yeah. You know, a stage show aimed at children, so of course it opens with the murders of Thomas and Martha Wayne and the murders of Dick, of Dick Grayson's parents. Yep. Like, oh, okay. That's but like you think the Lego Batman it's movie would have plenty of fun yeah, yeah. spoofing that idea? Oh yeah, yeah. No, and it somehow it somehow it had of all the places to have restraint, that was where it did. <laughs> anyway, oh. back to speed. They're doing a tremendous yeah, job trying to get this amazing stuff. Yeah, they're trying to get this bus driver who's been shot off of the bus. Like, and it's it, it is thrilling. Because this is all practical. You have a giant bus next to an oversized truck driving, you know, exactly next to each other to try and shift an injured passenger off each other. And even, I mean, like we were talking about, it, even the people that don't speak on this bus, you remember, like every time, like no matter how many times you've seen this movie or how long it's been since you revisit it, you're always like, oh yeah, I remember that guy and that guy. And they might even not even have lines. Yeah. It's like how yeah, there's, well there's, the bus. There's like old black couple. There's the Asian lady and the woman with glasses. Like I like I, but I, the woman with the bag that moves it during the video loop. Uh, there, you know, it's maybe it's the distinction of like maybe we should give the costume designer a little props for even the people who don't the hair people. They made them look memorable at least, but. Yeah. It's it's because it's such like a group effort on the bus. It's not just Keanu and Sandra Bullock the whole time. There's they give people things to do. I mean that's really works. So these cops did not. There goes Beth. These cops did not get the message that we're not taking passengers off. Apparently, <laughs> they're like reaching out. By the way, the the sunlight is all over the place in this scene <laughs> because like it's supposed to be around like 11 a.m. at this point or even earlier. Yeah, the sun is like it's basically like peeking off. You can see like it just coming in at them. Right. Well, I almost think they did it intentionally to tone down the effect of the woman being run over. But, if, no, they oh. made it more dramatic by having the sun in a very dramatic light at that point, where well, it's like beaming at his. That... It's, it's... Oh. Also, that, that there's a bit of a prescient line right there where they're you know they're watching this live and he's commenting on. Oh it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's interactive TV. Yeah. It's not a, it's not, it's not exactly satire, but it's interesting to like kind of note it. 
that said, this is the same year that had Charlie Sheen's The Chase in it, so, you know, take the thing. Oh, yeah. Future commentary. Future commentary, The Chase. Chrissy Swanson, Charlie Sheen, The Chase. Henry Rollins. <laughs> you took me hostage with a butterfear? Flea is in that movie, right? Flea, Flea and Anthony it's... Kiedis are in that movie. Okay. They, they play, a, they play a, a duo that goes around in their giant truck trying to right the wrongs in the world. There we go. Here we go. Here we get we get the acting from the extras now. There he is. S- Stephen Baldwin stands up for his lines. <laughs> <laughs> what was Stephen Baldwin doing at this time? Biodome? Mm, fair game, I think, was the next year. That was that Billy Baldwin. That yeah, was that's Billy Baldwin, yeah. I get my non-Alex mixed up. <laughs> I know Daniel's homicide. Um... And eating. Daniel. On his way to vampires. Steve, yeah, Stephen Baldwin. Is it threesome? Yeah, threesome. 94. Threesome. Threesome in eight seconds. And a simple, oh. and, and a simple twist of fate. And Mrs. Parker and the Vicious. He had a busy 94. He didn't, he didn't need speed, guys. <laughs> he, was, he was supporting Luke Perry while he rode bulls. To be fair, I mean, his, you know, his best year, 95, Usual Suspects, comes out a year after. So. Is that his best year? I guess so, right? I mean, if if what uh, had... whatever Stephen Baldwin refers to as the golden days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slap shot two, breaking the ice. Yeah, that wasn't. A good... <laughs> he was in a TV show, The Young Riders, for sixty-seven episodes, which I have no idea what that is. It's a Western show. Yep. Oh, he and Josh Brolin starred on this show. I have no idea what the show is. He played Buffalo Bill. Josh Brolin was Wild There's Bill. Fled. Fled with Larry Fishburne. That cameo in Half Baked. He was working. He's doing his thing. Yeah. I like this. I mean, we may not have liked the Flintstones, but we loved the Flintstones of Viva Rock Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Upgrade from Rick Moranis to uh, Stephen Baldwin, apparently. I mean, he's always gotten worse. I mean, he hit TV and straight to video hard. I, getting back, once getting back to speed. I like how exacerbated <laughs> these guys are about the idea that the freeway's not finished. Like just the the like of course exasperated. Not. I'm sorry. You know, just the way they're they're talking about this is like what? Gah. All right, <laughs> time to figure this uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> I call only Jack has a cell phone, by the way. Like, <laughs> this was an idea that was came up with uh, by John DeBont. It was not in the script to have like we need the bus to jump over something, but John DeBont was like, he I built he like he like drove past. Like a part of a freeway that wasn't there, and he's like, "Huh, that'd be a fun idea. <laughs> throw that into the mix. <laughs> See if this bus can fly over a part." He's like, "But jump over what?" I, from what I gather, the first time they did that stunt, they had to redo it because it landed too. Well. Yes, it was. It was too good. It was. It was, it was too easy. He said, or like they did it too yeah. right, or it didn't look like there's much drama involved. It's like, oh yeah, we got over it. Like, I think the passengers are like, "Well." <laughs> have to roll with this one now, guys. 
And I think that the whole bus jump scene, which I like, I think it works in the same way that the whole Superman scene works at the end where he flies back in time. I think because we're so invested in what's going on, I can look past how ridiculous it kind of looks that this bus goes over this 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 edge here. It's earned it. Yeah. It's... Well, for me, it works because I see them actually doing well, it. Well, it... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I see... Yeah, I know it's special effects, but... It's a pretty realistic, practical stuff. Well, I mean, they, no, they actually did a bus jump, but it's just the bus, when you yeah, see it, yeah. it, like, it's clearly going off a ramp because it's, like, front wheels, like, just drive right up. And it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> they built us up with the, the police squad car at the beginning no, when that first showed That's up. why. It was for, it was foreshadowing. <laughs> You're right, Brandon. It's, the precedent has been set. Schindler's List was still uh, at number 13 of the box office when Speed came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that movie came out... Played for a while back. That movie came out in December <laughs> when this movie came out in June. <laughs> Spielberg money, guys. Those birds were added digitally that they show like flying through the, through the gap in the bridge. People wanted to cry in 1994. And, and the John Woo fans were like, oh yeah, they're going to shoot that bus. <laughs> <laughs> Dive into the side. Well, they're going for it. <laughs> that conviction in Keanu's face is like, all right, <laughs> buckle up, guys. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it works narratively because they don't think they're going to make it either. No, yeah, I, I get it. Like it, it it's, yeah, a, it's an it, effective it's, scene. No, I'm just saying another reason why this film is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they are, you know, yeah. I mean, it's good. It in is the same way. It's good. The reason the, the big jump in the fugitive works is because of Harrison Ford's face right before he leaps off the waterfall. Well, it, it is good casting. Like, there's a lot of like, uh, you mentioned like the production design as far as like the hair and costumes and whatnot, and it's good like just casting choices as far as like. You see a, peop- a group of people who you have no real connection to beyond they're just on the bus, but they make these kind of grimaces that suggest, hey, I, I'm very worried about my life, and you believe it. Yeah. Stephen Baldwin's happy they made it. Yes. We did it. Now, yeah, the real speed two was the lake house. I like the lake house. It's a solid movie. Something's uh, going on down by the lake house. Does its job. Oh, it's it's it's. I find it very moving. Um, that's for my you know top five underrated Keanu Reeves list at some point. Oh, what else is on that list? Let's get the scoop right here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Hardball. You heard it uh, first. Well, off the top of my head, I would say just, you know, Constantine and uh, the Lake House, but I'll have to look at his filmography. Hardball? Um, it's fine. <laughs> the, the Watcher, I like. The Watchers, even though, you know, I like that one more than he does. Yeah, because he was, like, forced to do The Watcher. <laughs> yes. But he's still good at it. And, it's, again, it's, it's another one of those movies where I like the fact that the, the cops all cooperate with each other and don't, you know, give give each other a hard time. It's nice to see James James Spader not playing a dick is usually entertaining, too. Yeah. Because like, it's challenging. I, That's I challenging it. for I him. 
I love his speech at the end where he basically, you know, sort of debunks the whole you and I are, you know, synonymous, blah, blah, blah. Not unlike the Lego Batman movie at the beginning of that yeah. one. <laughs> um, was like, you know, I'm sure I'm the only one who was watching that movie that's, yo, that's totally like The Watcher. Does uh, does, 40, does 47 uh, Ronin make that cut? Since me, you, and Gerard from Weissel were the only ones that liked that movie. Yes. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that wasn't uh, bad. Like, we walked out of it. <laughs> the Gift? Gift's good. I don't think that's uh, not a, That's a great it's good, movie. One of his best I don't think that's underrated at all. Every, everybody likes yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, everybody that's seen it likes it. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's not a, it's not oh. a blockbuster. Oh. You know, I, I don't like the day the earth stood still, but when they initially casted him and that role, I was like, that's perfect. Like, why? Of course you would get Keanu Reeves to play that character. He, he needs to be just someone that's like stoic, like I'm saying, and like, you know, has no real opinion that you can kind of read off his face. It's like, why not Keanu Reeves in that role? I like it enough. I mean, oh, I, it I, has huge problems. I'm not like the film itself yeah, is yeah, yeah. pro, but like I thought the idea of casting Reeves, if you're going to remake that movie, yeah. it's like, that was a good choice. That made sense. Then the rest of yeah. it happened, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Scott Derrickson went on better things. Top ten dog star songs. <laughs> Wasn't that the big thing with Speed Two? Like he's like, oh, I'm going on tour with Dog Star. Well, I think that, that yeah. I think that was more of like a. I mean, yes, but also he just which just sounds like an fu. Like, you know, I'm not. It's doing like it. yeah, it's more of yeah. Well, he just doesn't want to do speed two cruise control. That's the yeah. reason. Back when Movie Line was a print publication, they used to do an annual, you know, 100 dumbest things Hollywood's done recently, 100 smartest things Hollywood's done recently. Before Speed Two came out, they had a magazine with you know a list of the hundred dumbest things Hollywood, <laughs> and one of them was. Keanu Reeves turned down Speed 2 to do play with his rock band. And then after Speed 2 came out, the next time they did the smartest things, number one was Speed Keanu Reeves turned down <laughs> Speed 2 for control. Yes. <laughs> and that was, of course, the joke that I made after Independence Day you know, Resurgence came out, which is that, you know, Will Smith finally knew how Keanu Reeves felt, you know, June 18th, 1997. <laughs> I um, feel like no one was... Feeling, think, thinking that Will Smith made a stupid choice by saying no to Independence Day resurgence, though. Yeah. Um, like as much as as much just, as I wanted, just help tell us it wasn't going to be any. As good. much as I wanted that yeah. movie to work, because I thought it, I do think there's some good qualities in it. I I do like. I never was thinking, man. Will Smith really made a mistake by not coming back to this movie. No, and I, I, you know, after it was announced, I wrote a big piece explaining why he was right to turn it well, down. Yeah, why you you? It's probably titled like why Will Smith. Yeah. Well, Independence Day needs Will right Smith more no. than Will Smith needs Independence Day, that kind of thing. Basically, yeah. and something shorter than that, but yeah. Like, so basically, it's saying Will you know, Smith it's, it's... starred in Suicide Squad, the the uh, the film that follows Batman v Superman, turning down <laughs> Independence Day was, <laughs> and that was his biggest domestic hit. I mean, adjusted not just for inflation. Um... <laughs> the uh, the box office mojo think, picture I, for Keanu Reeves, by the way, is him staring into the rain at Mr. Smith or Agent Smith in the Matrix Re- Revolutions. It's <laughs> like of all pictures, it's just like a random blurry. It's, like, it's a blurry shot of him staring in the rain. It's like you can't even see his face clearly. Oh. <laughs> oh. It was the CG one. I, I think you know. I, at least I would you know, a moment to just how good Sandra Bullock is in these kind of roles. And, you know, oh, yeah. the reason why she's a star is even something like Demolition Man. You know, I love Demolition Man. But even then, I noticed, like, who is this actress and why is she so much more interesting and funny than we usually see for these token female sidekicks? She brings pluckiness in the very ample supply. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, again, I, you know, the chemistry between really the four, you know, interchangeably the <clears throat> four of them, 
you know, Keanu Reeves, Jack, Jeff Daniels, Dennis Hopper, and Sandra Bullock. That's why this movie works. Um, and I think that's a big part of why the second film fails, is that you're missing three out of four of those. But you mean Sandra Bullock, Willem Dafoe, Jason Patrick, and Tamara Morrison weren't doing it for you? Amazingly, no. <laughs> Django Fed himself wasn't doing it for you? Um, and Benjamin Bratt in a small role, if I recall. Um, uh, no, no, wait, that's not no. right. I'm thinking, the River, I'm thinking of the River Wild. Never mind. Not um, River Wild. Well, he, Benjamin Bratt was in the River Wild. Where? Uh, he's, the, he's the cop that gets shot. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Uh, so I was like, are you, thinking, are you confusing it for David Strathairn? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> A constant confusion people have? <laughs> people say Pullman, Paxton, Strathairn, Brat. Like, it's just, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, this sequence I remember being... great. Good, good, good night and good luck. Uh-huh, like when he was, he seems like a guy that could sit down and smoke cigarettes real good. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what he does in all his drug dealer roles now. Pretty much. Yeah. I haven't watched him on what Fox's Star, but I'm sure he probably sits down on the couch and smokes a cigarette a couple times every episode. This is cool. How'd they? How'd oh, they yeah. shoot that? By the way, Wait. that's a cool shot. There's no GoPros then. He's oh. got a big camera and put it on a guy's chest underneath the bus. <laughs> Like, right? Like, Did you see that shot? Like, it's right there on the on yeah. the ground. It's like, that doesn't seem easy to do. It's like, he's not going to fit under there. there's no GoPros, right? It's just big film cameras at that point. It seems like Jeff Daniels should have more help as he's uh, doing all this. Like, he's just, like, in an office by himself. Well, no, like, he's got one guy. Everybody else is looking up the archives for whoever Dennis Hopper is. Gonna have to shoot the hostage. All of them? (laughs) (laughs) They do have a cool shorthand where, you know, he can say things and they kind of pick up on what they're doing. It's like, cut that, but don't cut the wire. Yeah, all right. (laughs) So what's Dennis Hopper doing at this point? Like, it's, does he know that Jack's under the bus? Like, he has a cam. I guess no, because he has a camera in the. He's watching that that sweet sports game and. Go uh, sports team. <laughs> yep, they're still riding that bus. Well, because he knows he got off the bus, because he told him, and but the helicopters can't get an LAX, <coughs> so like he can't see above the bus, but he can just see in the bus. So I guess yeah, he's unaware that Jack is under the bus right now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's going to get him tell get him out of there so he can go find him himself. Which I recall being quite upset by how this all plays out when I first saw yeah, this movie. I mean, it's, it's... Mainly because of this. I really like seeing the... I don't like is a weird term. I, I, I am engaged by actors that have a sense of defeat in their eyes. And we talked about this with, uh, what's his name, with Alfred, with Sean Pertwee in Event Horizon when he dies. Where it's like, yes. there's nothing you can do. And so you just have to make this kind of an actor has to make a face that communicates the idea that they've been defeated and this is the last moment on earth or wherever they are. Yes. And I think Jeff Daniels uh, does that very well with this movie. Well, the first commentary we ever did, or at least I ever did with you, was Spider Man. <clears throat> and that's one of the bits I love when Uncle Ben dies that he's crying because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to die. 
Yes, it's very sad. Uh, yeah. Same with like Superman when uh, what's his name when Pa Kent dies in Super in Superman the movie. It's like, he he yeah. says like he you, like, he literally like, says out loud, "Oh no!" He like falls down. It's like yeah. that's really sad. Yeah. Who's Pa Kent in Superman the God? What actor is that? That's Glenn Ford. Thank you. Jeez. Yeah. Killing myself. Glenn Ford. Three ten to you was Glenn Ford. And there's that brilliant actor Kevin Costner in Man of Steel. <laughs> How'd he die? Oh, yeah, he smirked at his son. No, no. <laughs> he smirked at his son while waiting for a tornado to take him because that made more sense. No biggie, kid. Fuck you, tornado scene. We're going to just let this God. one go. Stupid tornado scene. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin, run back there. Oh, he already ran back there. He ran back there earlier. I love, yeah, Sam Brolick's freak out there. Oh, yeah, hit him. They're really letting that guy that shot Sam just kind of hang out with all of them now. It's like, you're cool now, guy. It's okay. He shot, he shot our driver. You think, you, could Sam have pulled off these bus stunts? Probably could have, right? He seems like he was cool under pressure. He got shot and he was still driving the bus. Man, imagine that sequel. It's just Sam and Jack Travern hanging out. Like, let's go on a cruise, buddy. You're right. Let's do that. Willem Dafoe gets all in their business. He says, hold his leg so many times. I think I don't want this bus. It's, I guess, I mean, it, this a good, it's a good Ted scene. It's hard to communicate like, like just how difficult that seems to be of like lifting a person out from underneath a bus, but I think you get the idea. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, narratively it works because, you know, they're rescuing Yes, them. exactly. You know, it's, it's, for, it's almost the emotional climax to their arc. Yes, from a, from a character oh. standpoint it works. It's more of like, because you, you can't yeah. show, it's hard, you can't, you can't yeah. film that angle, like, to, to show, like, how close he is to the ground while they're pulling him out from underneath a bus. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny looking at the, the, the casting of the, all the people you know, the main while the main players like Keanu and and Sandra are, are are white, like the whole bus is just just completely you know multicultural or whatever. That's what they pointed out earlier. Other places, yeah. just 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 naturally, not I mean, and not a big deal. I mean, today we'd probably like this movie's maybe we'd be patented on the back for that for just yeah yeah. It's weird how things back went then, backwards. It just was a thing. Yeah. Well, I think there was the movies were cheaper. There was less pressure to play all around the world. So, you know, things like that, you know, there was, unfortunately, the, the same mentality of we have to, you know, this film has to play all around the world also means that we need to make this movie, quite frankly, as white male as possible. Um, so, I mean, again, I mean, you know, most of the main characters in this film are white dudes. So, but nonetheless, no, it's, it's the film, you know, the film has a very realistic makeup of of los angeles passengers you're right you know, yeah it's it's, it's um so you're good here goes one of my saddest parts uh-huh do they ever say i mean 
Does anyone else die in there other than him? There's other, yeah. There's other cops in. I feel like there's some other cops. Yeah, Yeah. there's there's other cops in there, and even the people outside. I mean, it's a big explosion. Like the people outside (laughs) get hit by it. Yeah, you have at least like I think at least at least three people climb into this house with him. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, there's no reason not to kind of think that this would happen. I mean, maybe Jeff Daniels could have thought, well, this mad bomber might have thought of this, and but you know. And he completely left a window open for me. Yeah, I mean, they just opened it. You know. oh. They use their special weapons and tactics to open that window. Oh, right. SWAT. <laughs> so you either SWAT you're not. Here's that face where he makes it. He's like, ah, oh, it's, it's just sad. It's defeat. And, uh, it's like that resignation. Yeah, because there's like one guy flies like... out the window. The two cops outside are t- like, yeah, there's a. Yeah. It's like, yeah, at least at least three or four people died in that explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there was a trap door that Jeff Daniels quickly noticed. <laughs> oh, he 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 mimicked he mimicked his way out of that one. Yes. We just you know, there's not enough time when the movie ends to go back and show. Here's the here's you know, here's, he here's the it. fly off the handle Keanu Reeves moment right here. Or not yet? No. It, well, at first he's like, he's like, I'm gonna rip your fucking spine up. Then he like, after he hangs up the call, that's when he gets to like go off the rail, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> like when he beat that kid in Hardball. I'm kidding. That didn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not a scene in that movie. <laughs> Can you imagine? He John Wick. Which kid. one's Hardball again? Remember? That's the one where he takes the bat and beats that that, that underprivileged kid. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that there's a bit of a mystery involving Dennis Hopper, like where he is and what's going on exactly. Like you do get kind of layers revealed about his location, and so like you, at first you get that he's in a he's in a building or so, he's in somewhere and he has monitors. Then you get that he has more monitors. Then you get that he has monitors in a bus. Like there's all these different like things. It's like that don't feel like cheats. They feel like they're natural evolutions of how to show what's going on with this character. And Dennis Hopper's a lot of fun. Like he's doing his job. And he owns a mannequin. Or it's part of the store, probably. Yeah, he's like in a... He's, he's in the Bradbury building from Blade Runner. He's yes. not, but I wish he was. Oh. <laughs> That'd be funny. I'll hang my police costume up. Here it is. Here he's like flying. He's, he's flying off the handles now. <laughs> he's trying to rip out the bus. <laughs> His buddy just died. And he's covered in gas. So he's all glistening and everything. His triceps is yeah, so his triceps swollen. are huge right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if this is the most fit he's been. Like, I'm trying to think of how fit he was in The Matrix. I don't know if he was required to be that fit for Well, obviously, the I mean, he had to do a lot of... There's, like, he didn't take a shirt well, There's off. a lot of athletics. Well, he did when he was in the real world, but that, no, but that of, doesn't require him to be action-y in the real world. But, uh... Not a lot of buff hackers. That was... Yeah. <laughs> because this movie, he's, you know, he's a cop. That He's a man of action cop. He follows us up with giant mnemonic. Got this buff. And... Walk in the clouds, which is excellent. And uh, chain reaction, he kind of goes back to long He's all hair. scruffy in that movie. Scruffy, and it's like yeah, snowy, yeah. too, and everything. So he's like... Yeah, this is probably the buff. Probably the buff he's been, right? Like, it's an interesting. Keanu, he's an action guy, but he's not a guy that's necessarily kind of like... There's not a lot of male gaze on him as far as these kind of roles go, if you know what I mean. Like, it... Well, I always, you know, I frankly, I think that's one of the reasons why 
he tended to be a figure of ridicule in the you know male community because he was if not feminine then certainly not you know Vin Diesel Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. type uh-huh. he wasn't a manly man he was frankly you know a very beautiful person um in again I, I don't want to say feminine but you know, he's not. He's not. He's not again, obviously man macho. Yes, exactly. There's a certain. Yeah. I was about um, to say that. I, I, I was about to say that. I think that was part of his appeal to you know, to the, you know the, um, especially when he did occasionally play romantic roles in something like you know Walk in the Clouds, a Lake House, or something's got a give. Um, where he was very good at playing an idealized version of that kind of of romantic figure. I'd say like, I mean, John Wick, he's pretty buff. Yeah, he has that yeah. whole. He has that one scene where he's like shirtless and hammer, like hammering into the cement to get those guns out of the. Uh, yeah. Out of the out of the basement. <laughs> but like, I think of like you know, like the Marvel movies now, like they require like every single male character has to have a scene with their shirt off. Which I, right. I feel like they should be spoofing at this point, because like by the time Benedict Cumberbatch is showing off abs, it's like, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> I, I think Paul Rudd was the breaking point. Yeah, but yes, that made more sense. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Paul Rudd with abs, it's just funny to say in a sentence. He worked hard that Spider-Man spoof on the MTV Movie Awards is Jack, Jack Black. Showing off yeah. And he's like, I am hot. <laughs> he just looks exactly the same. Does he like put on yeah. glasses or he takes off his glasses and he still looks like Jack Black? Isn't that like the joke? And that's yes. Scene. Yeah. And he's looking at himself in the mirror and he's still like pudgy yeah. and he's like, oh, I am hot. <laughs> Joe Morris just keeps yelling at what to do. I mean, he's not back. It's shaping. I like how they they did, you know, specifically say nobody move because we don't want any weird discrepancies and, ag- and continuity errors for for uh, Dennis Hopper. And once again, the Asian messes it up for all of us. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no comment. They don't even have to be driving to do it, huh? <laughs> all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> We're having fun. Right. <laughs> you went there. My trivia thing says the plot element featuring a loop video recording was spoofed on the Simpsons episode, The Springfield Files. I remember that one. Yeah. The bus had to keep speeding, and if it dropped its speed, it would explode. That's a cool looking bus, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, like, like, that's like something out of an alien. Like, it looks like Star Tours just pulled up next to speed over here. <laughs> yeah. And Mac is every look at him. He's on helicopters. He's on big trucks. He's on the ground. He's on this thing now. He's he's getting his work out here. He's in more locations than Keanu in this movie. Good job, Dyson. You pulled it off. He's almost like some video game help character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's who they modeled the guy in Halo after. I get it. Okay. Stephen Baldwin's helping out. The 
what I think a, a genius part of this movie um, that I don't think enough people recognize is that obviously you don't want a bus full of hostages to blow up. And so the movie has to very cleverly find a way to both deliver on explosive thrills as well as save the lives so you still have a likable movie. And it gives you both. You manage to save the hostages and still have the bus actually blow up after dropping its speed under 50 because people want to know what that looks like and they get it. Save a, save yeah. a high percentage of hostages. Yeah. <laughs> Beth, Beth Grant did not That's make true. It. You're right. And Cameron nearly loses legs, but gets a bruised... Cameron, yeah, there goes Cameron, screwing things up again. That's why he had to leave Chicago. He he, he dropped his camera bag, and he gets a bruised ankle. (laughs) First he ruins his father's Ferrari, now But he and Ortiz are best friends forever. They probably keep up as pen pals. Yeah, he's like, hey, Gigantor. Hey, uh, hey, Cameron. (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) Scott, were you saying something about my old blowing up the bus thing? Oh, no, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a have-your-cake-and-eat-it-too type mm-hmm. moment. Although, you know, I, I'm going to assume the plane it crashes into is empty. Oh, it is, because the, the plane should practically be labeled definitely no one on it, because it's called Pacific Courier Freight <laughs> or something like that. So it's like, it, it makes you bluntly aware. I remember when I first, yeah, when I first saw <laughs> the theaters, I'm like, I'm going to assume there was nobody on that plane. Otherwise, this is not a happy yeah, no, a better question. A better it, question would be, doesn't that blowing up that plane and bus cost more than $3.7 million? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it, the better question to ask in all of this. Like, how much money did we save? It, it needs uh, it needs Anderson Cooper to be like, oh, luckily it's after five and all the airport employees have gone home for the day. <laughs> or like, or like Zordon says, like, it's okay, Keanu, they're in the abandoned warehouse district. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and they also wreck a subway car in about twenty minutes. Yeah, but only only Richard Schiff dies in that scenario, so it's okay. Yeah, that's oh. <laughs> Yeah, that is sad. That's the he point. has no lines in this movie. <laughs> Just he walks in. We'll get to him. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Director of communications, Richard. That's right. Richard. He's good, he's at, good dying at dying in nineties. Yeah, movies. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's a uh, Matt, whether it's a uh, Frank from Blue Velvet, or t- two Tyrannosaurus Rexes eating him alive. Either way, it all works out. Yeah. That is a good music. When and they, that, when they, ladies and gentlemen, is how the luge was. Invented. When they speed away like that, I do like that music cue. Where it's like, like it just gets all lighter. But now it's like, oh yeah, the bus. But yeah, like see, like it's being towed by another guy. The but the plane says Pacific Courier Flight on it, like freight on it. <laughs> it's like definitely no occupancy airlines. <laughs> and they even show they're even a sh- they'll a- even show a shot of the guy getting out of the tow, being like, whoa, that was crazy. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's, it's a pretty large explosion. That's the kind of thing I look for in my second viewing. It's like it definitely wants to make you know. I only saw this once in theaters. I don't see any body parts. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. They're instantly incinerated. <laughs> John Woo saw this and was like, I got to get something like that for Face Off. And he did. <laughs> That's a big explosion, by the way, guys. That That's a like huge explosion. It really is. When you think about it, and the plane has, pro- it probably has fuel in it. Oh, it, of course right? it does. So it's adding to it. So I like how they not only could they just let the bus like blow up, but they're like, let's crash it into a plane that costs well more than the ransom being asked for to begin with, just to make a big explosion for the audience. Right. It can easily just like trip on something on the runway and just like tip over and then blow up, but no, it wasn't good enough. Hey man, at least the guy towing the car, or towing the plane. I got said, away, yeah, they so. make sure to show him. Right. No, no workman's comp for him, so he he gets. <laughs> 
See, I think, like, Whedon plays with that in Avengers when, like, Hulk's, like, tearing shit up in that plane and, like, you see the guy parachute out, but then Hulk catches the guy. Hulk, Hulk, Hulk catches the guy parachuting and then throws it away. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, the, when the Avengers land in New York, I, and I've watched this several times, I'm pretty sure their plane lands on a bunch of people. Which plane? I don't think it was in, I don't think it was in, they're, they're little Avengers jet. Um... I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just sort of like bad matting or something. Nah. But it's not like the GI Joes where they used to always like someone would always parachute, no yes. matter what. Nice going, Jack. You blew up the bus and the plane. <laughs> You're fired. I like how Den- Let's go. D- Dennis Hopper is like he's not like realizing that this is happening. Like you feel. Hold- Actually, let me think about this for a second. Dennis, despite the fact that they've. They've they've looped the camera footage. Like even if the pl- the helicopters can't get to LAX to see what's going on, I feel like there'd be a giant news broadcast that says a giant explosion just happened at LAX. He doesn't need to be he doesn't yes. need to be fooled by the whole continuity issue. And the- Twitter Twitter wasn't around yet. He didn't he wouldn't know until the eleven o'clock news. <laughs> they would have interrupted it, for something. It's like been interrupted. Yeah, <laughs> they probably would. And then it's LA, so like, what can you do to prepare yourself for? Being on a plane where a bus well, crashes. The only, the only reason they're able to loop the... Or tonight. The only it. reason they're able to loop the footage is the fact that the guys are still standing on the outside of LAX filming the actual thing happening. So. Well, the footage was from within the bus. It was like the bus cam. So the bus yeah, cam's the bus now cam. blown up. <laughs> yes, but there's still like, you know, outside of the bus cam, an explosion still happened. Right. And so I Dennis Hopper... He's not, even though he has multiple TVs on, none of them are apparently informing him that a giant explosion happened, regardless of what it was. I feel like if you... There's an exciting if, athletic... Event. I guess so. He just turned all the TVs to that. <laughs> they really preserve continuity on Keanu Reeves' shirt here. Keep his one, keep that one arm dirty. Everybody got haircuts before this happened. <laughs> you want to cut you want to cut you want to cut all right guys let's go kill cuts i'm, I'm here for the dice <laughs> think they would have taken her to the hospital she's in the hospital she's in a mobile hospital <laughs> Why? she's in a paramedic unit, yeah there's a uh, troy bark there's troy bark uh, from uh, from fences, there he is delivering the delivering the, deliver the <laughs> ransom. Well, still, he was a driver. Now. He's giving them everything he's got yeah. to give. <laughs> or maybe it's Lions. Maybe it's his son. He finally got the job. He's given what he got to give. He just drives on every other day. That's why maybe he still he still rides in the back sometimes. Oh, I mean, pension check is great. <laughs> Oh no! The pen, the uh, the sanitation truck gave it These away. These guys are awful. Like they're just standing like right there, like with snipers ready. Like, come on, like, this guy's. <laughs> Gonna blow that bus up. So let's see. Oh, you beat Let's me see. Too. He's gonna look at his screens. So he's got that one. He's not looking at any other one though. Speed won a BAFTA for what? best editing and sound. It just said on my trivia thing. See, Dennis Hopper, he uh, grew up with Highlights Magazine, so he's really good at figuring it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> his, 
His match game deals are off the charts. He's off the charts. Well, she would. I mean, she's not injured, Scott, so she wouldn't be in a hospital. Like she's, you know, she's got a big cut on her leg, right? Yeah, they, the the ambulance patched her up. What are you gonna do? I'm pretty. I mean, again, you know, it is what it is. But I'm pretty sure they would take her to the hospitals for liability reasons. Like, for example, like she got sued after being kidnapped again while in police custody. So originally, was Dennis Hopper not gonna wear his cop outfit? Well, uh, he, I, don't know. I mean, I. He's not wearing like a hat or anything. He's just like because well, well, you can you can see you can see it in the um the room he's in the whole time. Like it's in, it's on one of the mannequins. Well, yeah. So, but I guess he had a bet. Well, like I guess that's probably how he planned to pick it up, right? Like he had to pick up the he had to pick yeah. up the money. He'd assume yeah. that the cops would probably be monitoring it some way. But I mean, his face is fully exposed, and that's what they all have pictures and know. And a sniper would be looking for that. Uh, yep. Well, he has. The, well, he, he <laughs> does have the hole underneath the. Th- he doesn't even go outside though, so he's. I mean, he's planned ahead as far as how to collect this. He just happens to get the bonus of getting Sandra Bullock. Normally, you have that scene where the guy picks up picks up the money, and then they get him, and it's like, oh, no, I was the guy that he hired to yeah, get this. Yeah, one of those scenes. <laughs> oh, wait, that's right. Well, watch Keanu gun. right here when he gets he just, he immediately picks that gun up. Like, he's good at that training. Like, that's just like he, he knows what he's doing as far as the, like, action stuff. Did you see his training video for John Wick 2? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. He is pure. Yeah, this guy. That's one of the reasons yeah. people yeah. like him. To be fair, I mean, you know, he's he's he basically lives for the work. Well, these look, days. watch the Matrix movies. Like the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, if he were so choose, he probably could work as an actual mercenary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie right there, Scott. <laughs> that's basically yeah. that's basically, ah, conf- actually, that's basically yeah. confessions of a dangerous mind. <laughs> This is where people say Speed had to get off the bus, right? And they're like, oh, and it's meant as a negative thing? Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, the film loses a little bit in this final scene, but you need to have a sequence where Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves fight each other. Right. And you can't just have, you know, him get arrested by Joe Morton at the end. <laughs> what if they did do uh, that? <laughs> or you can helicopter down and jump on top of the what if, what if what if it's oh. a really boring or it's like he doesn't figure out that they've looped the tape, he goes to collect the money and they all just they all just like surprise him. He's like, Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they high five credits. <laughs> um, you have the right to remain silent. What are you saying, Scott? Oh. Well no no, I mean yeah, the, the sequence is a little cheesy and and you know, generic, I guess, but it's again, it's necessary. You know, you can't. The movie can't end on the bus. Yeah. You, you again, you need a mano a mano showdown of some. Well, kind. two things. One, look at the actor's commitment in this scene. I mean, they all look. They don't. Exactly. They're not playing it up. Like it's not broad. Like they're they're. No. Even Dennis Hopper, who's obviously eccentric, not a, and going by off a whim of a madman. Um, it's it's still him. They're they're all committed to these performances. Also. As I pointed out, this movie does begin with Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels soaring over a a, a road on their car. Like we're yes. we're set, and the movie's called Speed, so we're set we're set up to have these kind of continual action yeah. climaxes that take place over a series of things. No, and this 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 never bothered. Yeah, it never me. bothered me either. Uh, I think I think it's you know I think it's a shame that Richard Schiff gets killed at the last minute, just because again it's a movie that is mostly avoided gratuitous violence up to that point, and it does sort of discolor the otherwise happy ending. But whatever. Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, he he needs someone to operate. The, I get okay. I mean, he's kind of off his rocker at this point, so it's yeah. 
Um, Richard Schiff says no no lines, by the way. He just goes back in the thing. Well, they, they talk in the commentary track that, you know, he wasn't exactly happy of where his career was at this point in time. And, you know, I don't blame him. Um, <laughs> he could have just shot people doing that. Yeah. I always find subway action scenes exciting. By the way, like any, any movie that has a subway involved, why is that? They look. They good. do. Like it's because it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's clean. It's brightly uh-huh. lit. It it has a there's a sense of danger involving the idea of a character in and around a subway car in the middle of action because there's nowhere. It's both claustrophobic and very dynamic at the same time. Yes. So you have something like this. Or, or end of days, which you talked about, Brandon, or uh, or or, uh, yeah. or Die Hard of a Vengeance, or Predator Two, or Mission Impossible is a huge one, obviously. I mean, or the or the, the Wolverine, like the subway subway action scenes are really, Cowboy Bebop the movie. There's a lot of really cool just subway action scenes. <laughs> the taking of Pelham One Two Three, the original, and the TV movie version, and Richard Schiff. <laughs> Yes! Boom! In the most disappointing subway action scene, Jason takes me in. <laughs> <laughs> you have a subway full of people, and Jason just walks on by them because he's going after two specific uh, people. I thought you were going to say, like, they don't accept his Metro card, so he machetes the machine and just walks through. It's about walks like through, that. Walks that through the turnstile <laughs> with confidence. <laughs> Might have been more collateral. Dennis Hopper's reassuring words are horrifying, by the way. (laughs) He's just taunting her for no reason. Like, first he makes her hold the stick so it doesn't blow up, and then he takes it away and taunts her with it. Yeah, it always sort of, you know, it bothered me is a strong word. It was like, they know he pulled this shtick before where he faked his own death by, you know, setting off the bomb and he thinks it's going to work. You know, they're not going to think otherwise uh-huh. again, especially when the money disappears. I'm, um, I'm, I'm a bit confused by Dennis Hopper not realizing what die packs are. It seems yeah, like he, yeah. he'd be a little in the know about, like. Well, he he wasn't in the bank robbery department when he was. He's a, he's a mad he's a mad bomber. He knows things. Yeah. <laughs> we know what die packs. Yeah, well, yeah, are. exactly. We, we know, know what die packs are. <laughs> you know, when people watch this movie, at no point is anyone confused. What's a die pack? The audience recent, gets it. Yeah, most recent die pack scene that I can remember. The nice, the nice guys. guys. Yeah. 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 It's always just what color is it gonna yeah. be? <laughs> True. He's really pissed off about this, by the way. <laughs> All those bills are useless now. Keanu did a really good job of trying to figure out which way uh, he was going to shoot. And a really good job of keeping himself not <laughs> falling off of a subway car while I'm speeding. But he, he lost his gun, though. <laughs> he did the old roly-poly, though, and that worked out well. <laughs> that does work. I tried it in real life. Does Yeah. I guess when you're not in a... Really when you're not on a bullet train like uh, Tom Cruise, it works out a lot better. <laughs> I, I like that how they have this fight set up where Dennis Hopper could actually probably yeah they're on e- yeah straight Dukes with with yeah, Keanu because it, it, standing up or being in the car no way 
And we've had a lot of those fights in the action genre where it's like John Lithgow. Yeah, no, just yeah. Yeah. The only the, the only much. dip in John Wick is when he's fighting with the girl with the dragon tattoo guy, Michael Nimquist. Yeah. It's like really like yeah. Keanu Reeves just like headshotted his way through all of this, and you're gonna like get beaten up by an old man in the rain. Come on, like what's happening? Yeah. At that point though, he'd been through a lot. I don't care. That's true, <laughs> That's not, no, no yeah. the adrenaline didn't just. I mean, the, guy, the guy just the guy just lost his son. He's like invigorated. the the adrenaline invigorated. didn't just drain out of John Wick so he get beat up by ne- Michael Nimquist. <laughs> <laughs> Same way, because he beats up Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. That one actually makes more sense. That one actually looks like Tom Cruise is exhausted because he's been running his ass off throughout yeah. the entire movie. Oh, there you go, headshot. God, yes, oh boy. And he had the presence of mind to hold on to the controller. He does no, like that's a cool. Like when he's fighting him, he actually grabs his hand, makes to make sure and everything. Like it's. It took Jeff Daniels. Where's Payne? He's in a lot of it. <laughs> it took Je- it took Jeff Daniels like an hours to figure out a bomb. Keanu Reeves is like, all right, I'll just rip this one wire out. Got it. Got it. Did it, guys. You see that? He's you like, see that? He's like, oh, I got wait. it. Off. <laughs> Off. Yeah, there's a switch here. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, the handcuffs unlock. Cool. Oh, bloody bridge. This is just silly. You mean how the how the well, brake doesn't work, fire. but the velocity does? <laughs> yeah, like just slow it down. No, he can't though. He's gonna press the brake button, and it's gonna like spark at him. <laughs> but, but the velocity thing, right. it still works. <laughs> well, but if you take the velocity down to nothing, doesn't it technically? And again, I don't know trains, but if I'm driving a car and I just take my hand off the you know, put off the gas, eventually it's that might be my favorite quote of this commentary. I don't know trains, but. <laughs> <laughs> well also in your car you could just whip a turn real fast and that i think that the movie's logic is that just lowering that velocity thing would just make it it would still go it would just go slower but not slow enough to stop whereas the yeah. brakes you know completely stop it from continuing to drive so the logic is i don't know what it's the same thing as like temple of doom where he's like Indiana Jones can't just like stop the minecart a little bit and then jump off. He needs to stop the entire thing. It's like he probably could have. He could have. If he if he had gone left like what Short Rand was saying, they'd be okay. That well that, that if this movie if this movie been made now, Keanu would been like, "You trust me? What? Do you trust me? Okay, one, two, and he'll break your thumb to get out of the handcuffs." <laughs> that's what we, that's where we'd be now, but. He's too kind. A lot of miniatures in this movie. I haven't mentioned that, but the the whole elevator thing was mostly miniature. The subway thing at the end is mostly miniature. You can't tell. You can't really like. It's a great. I mean, that's a John DeBond did a, a terrific job shooting this movie. Like, this is a great, great oh, yeah. action direction here, up to up to par with uh, what John McTiernan was doing. Which he was a yes, part he was of. a cinematographer for. And then the cinematographer that's on this okay. movie was uh, what's his name, Andres Bar. Bartowiak, Bartowiak, who did, um, he did, like, with those Steven Seagal movies and stuff, that like, like, like Exit Wounds, uh, Cradle to the Grave, uh, Doom, of course. Oh, the, 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 uh, the Steven Seagal yeah, paired with Rapper. Yeah, and, and, like, yeah, those are the later Steven Seagal movies. And, that was his and Jet Li and DMX movies, like, yeah, that, that's when he started taking on directed movies. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which I didn't see. You have not seen. Oh, that's a that's a movie. Chris Klein is worth it, it, seeing that movie yep. for. 
Oh, wow. It was later remade as Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> oh, okay. all right. <laughs> I, I, God, I, that's kind I of true. Shut up, Scott. That's <laughs> 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 shockingly so a lot of similarities, actually, there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's strange how well that movie like. It's like, oh, my God. Keanu, what a good guy. He's just like, well... I guess we'll just be here. That's with on you. par with like. No, Chris Klein in Chun Li. Oh yeah, it's this. Pro- yeah, no, that's why you should see the movie. Is yeah. Chris Klein. Super cuts won't do it for you, Abe. You got to see the whole thing. I got to see the whole thing and how ridiculous uh-huh. it is. This is a miniature right yeah. now. Here? Oh wow! It's a good combination of, of miniatures and yeah, like right here. I can totally see. You can it you, can, you can kind of picture, it, but it still looks good. <laughs> I mean, it's Beetlejuice esque. But it is, cl- I mean, miniatures are so fascinating to me when you use them in films like this, because you have to, like, you just basically shoot really close, and it just looks real, because <laughs> it is, essentially. It's just smaller. Yeah. I mean, it came a long way from boats in a bathtub. <laughs> the subway car, by the way, if you kind of notice, like, it's a retrofitted bus. Like, it it still resembles the bus that they've been riding in for the, that past, uh, you know, most of the movie. And there's the jump again, so yeah. they, you know. Oh, we've come full circle yeah. then. Yeah, the car, the bus, the train. This is this is just how uh, Jack gets everywhere. That's how he introduces. This is what Hollywood Boulevard's like in general, guys. I can't tell you the number of times I go to the TCL theater, yeah. right outside <laughs> ground, right next to Grauman's. I'm like, oh, there's another subway car popping out of the ground again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I yeah. used to. That's why traffic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's always a bus popping out of the ground. Oh, wow, oh, it's part of the Starline tour. Oh. Wait, speed takes place in 1969? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we made it. Was there a re-release of Space Odyssey around this time? I mean, I saw Spe- I saw Space Odyssey in theaters Maybe. a couple weeks ago, so yes. I mean, they keep do- they always do it. At, at the Chinese, like a big... Because back then, if they would have redone something, it would have been like if a If it was deal, like a matinee right? screening or something like that. I mean, they wouldn't have changed the front of... Chinese is for like a little matinee. I mean, given that Space Odyssey is not a Fox movie, I guess it was real. <clears throat> it was there for a reason. But great if it was the day the Earth stood still and come all yeah. circle. <laughs> yeah. Or gravity. Yeah, there we go. I think like a lot of like random glass starts getting tossed on them as they're kissing right now. Like watch, I think like, yeah, just like random glass just yeah. start falling on them. It's like where's that coming from? <laughs> It's uh, it's the cops trying to break in. <laughs> He's gonna get in his mouth. Look at all these people. It's like, oh, look, oh, look what we found here. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is Sandra Bullock. That's crazy. I like the random glass part. That yeah, was it's just like random nice. glass, like, like thrown on. Them. Yeah, it's like... yeah, a nice touch. They're trying to break him, break their uh, concentration there. Huh, Joe Morton got billing over Jack Daniels. Yes. Yeah. Well, he gets the and credit in the opening credits. <clears throat> ah, yeah. that makes sense. Well, and that is one of the old-time classics. Baby carriage women. Well, yeah, there's. Yeah, they're they're friends. Yeah, they're, they're talking. talking, and then she oh, like okay. she like. Right. I thought the. Yeah, there's the baby and the woman. <laughs> <laughs> the you don't remember when the, when the, the baby woman. emerges from underneath the cans? It's like, I'll get you back. In that voice, exactly, yeah, yeah it was crazy. So yeah. That's my addition for Boss yeah. Baby. I do that voice. <laughs> so you're still waiting to hear back. I'm still, I'm still. No, I'm in it, babe. You didn't. I didn't tell you. I'm in Boss Baby. Oh, I play Baby A. 
this is a great time to be releasing a movie called The Great Wall Endor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <Wow>. Topical. Camera <laughs> 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 uh, loader's name is Boy Lee. Good to good job pointing that one out. Yeah, no, it's just he's got a, he only has Session one. Session 9's Brad Anderson was one of the costumers. <laughs> oh, the Gus Lepree in the in the uh, the hairdos was good. I'm always curious about who caters these movies, so I always like to read that part of the movie credits. The the egg roll day was a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> It's Mark Travis Little. So yeah, we uh, we've talked about speed now. <laughs> That's... Yeah, that was speed. I, I was just looking at facts of speed two cruise control just because I'm very concerned <laughs> how this all played out here. Um, but I know that's the movie. What Sandra Bullock got a bunch of money and made hope floats with. That was. Yeah, I think so. that was... Well, it was a weird situation because they obviously, especially after Keanu Reeves left, they you know desperately needed her to do to do Speed True, and they said, "Okay, I'll do it, but you gotta distribute slash help fund Oak Floats." So they go, "Okay, fine." Speed Two comes out first, is a giant critical disaster and a giant flop because it cost way too much. Arguably, puts your career in peril. And then the next summer, Oak Floats comes out and does much better than expected, and basically saves her career. A, a scheme that would have been repeated with Peter Berg a decade later with Battleship and then Lone Survivor, which was another situation of, you know, tit for tat where the tit was a bomb, but the, the unconventional tat was a relative hit. And he's since gone on to do more, uh, more of that style. Both movies were bad. Well, awesome. That is true. Uh, Taylor Kitsch just can't seem to catch a break, and I, I really like him. Meanwhile, Jason Patrick continues to have that amazing career we all know and love, right? He's just all over the place. So. <clears throat> it's often confusing for uh, Robert Patrick. I caught him in a straight-to-video movie with Bruce Willis and John Cusack, where I don't think any of them shared the screen together. <laughs> That's a triple crown of win. I tend to like Jason Patrick, actually. <laughs> oh, no. He I is a good nar- actor. Yeah, Nark, Nark's, Nark's great. It. Nark's great. Um, Who's that? Joe Carnahan. Uh, yeah. Joe Carnahan, yeah. He's, I liked him. In, he was on Wayward Pines for the second season, and he played, he's he's very yeah. good as kind of uh, aloof but smug at the same time. And that was like, I don't care what's happening, but I'm very concerned at the same time. It's, it's an anyway, speed's ending. We're getting to the getting to the song credits here. Speed, I assume had a hit soundtrack, a lot of hot tracks on that one. I just assume. I don't. I don't really know. Uh, the, you know, like the Plimsoll. It feels Carnival like speed. And they had the gym boss. When your love's running down. Actually, the it does. Billy Billy, Idol, yeah, bosses, Billy Idol yeah. did the song "Speed." <laughs> oh, son of a yes. bitch. Cause you're going 55. And Kiss had a song called "Mr. Speed." It's a nice day to. Speed again. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, little Sandy, keep your foot on the gas. It's a nice day for a bomb again. That was Speed, that was speed too. 
That was, that was the old speed too. Yeah, it <laughs> makes sense. All right, guys, <laughs> we've talked about speed. Uh, I'm happy we talked about speed. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we're, we're, yeah. Time. Uh, we do this enough. We're, we're <laughs> Scott, you're on Forbes, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Colton in the Cavalcade podcast. That's me. <laughs> Abe. Yes. Yep, that, that. <laughs> I'm on the <laughs> internet. I'm on the internet. You can find me. I'm at Aaron's PS4. We do all this. We do the show. You can find all the other episodes on iTunes, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You get all of this already. Uh, we're happy for anyone that's listened around this long to our rambling conversation about speed and many other things. Uh, what's next month, guys? March. Oh, March has a lot of options, doesn't it? Oh, oh boy. We're probably not going to do Keter Jackson's King Kong. Leprechaun it's a little long. Um, um, there's what do we got? Power Rangers. Oh, Power Rangers the movie. Idiot there the we go. <laughs> We got Wolverine stuff. We got um, oh, Beauty and the Beast could give us Logan. Beauty and the Beast could give us our first like Disney option. Maybe we'll do a Disney movie for the first time. We'll Disney. see. All right. Well, we'll we'll figure that we'll figure all that out. But yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of a lot of excitement in March, so we'll find something to tie this to. But yeah, this is uh, in our speed commentary. I hope you guys all enjoyed. Brandon and Scott, thank you both for joining us today. A pleasure. And uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's. This uh, month's uh, commentary recording. So until next time, so long. 